listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. I am loving that new music. Today I have two very special guests live from Los Angeles, California, Jeff Greenstein and Gabe Sachs from the wonderful I Dream of Cameras podcast. We take turns at picking our fantasy cameras in 10 different categories. And I must confess, I did not realize there were so many dog-themed cameras. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Cameras. my friends how are you i hope you are well wherever you are all around the world and welcome to another episode of matt loves cameras episode 45 and uh, yes i do have two very special guests today it's rather a long episode but i think it's a it's an extremely entertaining episode uh, so i hope you're going to uh, settle in and really enjoy the show today now before we kick off i just have one little sort of announcement it's about the lomachrome purple competition that i'm running of course uh, all you have to do is shoot a roll of Lomo Purple in 120, 135 or 110 uh, between February and May 2021 and head along to the website mattlovescameras.com and you can send me the best four images and you'll be in the competition. There are no great prizes but I'm going to be taking the best image from each person or what the judges uh, deem to be the best image from each person and we will be creating a community zine based around that beautiful Lomochrome Purple film. So you only have a couple of weeks left really. Today is uh, May the 3rd when I'm editing this show. Uh, So uh, officially the competition closes on the 15th of May. However, I know there are some people who are struggling with the the weather in their part of the world or they've shot a role and they're thinking about shooting another role because they're a bit disappointed with the first lot of results. Uh, So it's sort of like a a bit of a movable deadline. I'm not going to be doing the judging show until early June. So if you think you're going to be a week or two late, let me know and we should be able to squeeze you in. So a couple of weeks ago, I approached Jeff and Gabe from I Dream of Cameras, a wonderful podcast which you can find on the Sunny 16 Presents feed. And I gave them a concept for a proposed show of Matt Loves Cameras. And the idea is that we will be dreaming of cameras and over 10 rounds, 10 different types of cameras, we have to name one in each category that we'd really, really love to own, but we never have. Uh, So sort of like those unattainable dream cameras. Uh, So the categories are as follows. Point and shoot, SLR, TLR, rangefinder, toy camera, half frame, obscure formats, instant camera, a specialty camera, like a pinhole, a pano, or a stereo. And the last category was a wild card camera. Any any camera you want that you haven't named so far. Uh, now, the only explanation, really, for those categories is the obscure format. So that's any format that's not widely available. So I categorized widely available film as Polaroid, Instax, 135, 120, and 110. Uh, So apologies to friend of the show, J.M. Golding, because by my definition, 127 is classed as as an obscure format. But we do mention a well-known 127 camera, so keep listening for that. And uh, I think it's time we just crack on into it. Here we go. 
How are you doing, gentlemen? Great. This Wonderful. is exciting. We love your show. We're so happy to be invited to join you. Thanks so much, Matt. Oh, that's very, very humbling. And uh, I'm very nervous, as I've already told you in, in the warm-up. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrified of not recording this properly, but my audition is telling me, uh, yeah, I'm recording and uh, you guys are recording. So hopefully we're going to have a really good show here and I can, I can forget those worries. If not, we'll do it live. We have <laughs> no right. problem. Excellent. We'll that's do right. it again. We'll do the whole thing again. We're happy to do it. Yeah. So um, it's just coming into to spring in LA. So, you know, was it a nice sunny day today? It looks like it's still light there. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's still light. Yeah. It's We've a, little, had, a little windy. Yeah, it's a little. But we've had unseasonably cool weather the last several days. Yeah. Apparently it's going to be like 86 yeah. this week. Like finally summer is going to hit all at once. But yeah. it's been oh very, very beautiful. There's a I, I have a west facing window that I'm looking at right now. Oh, okay, yeah. And a lovely sunset is in the offing, even as we're doing this. Nice. Well, this is the time of year here in Brisbane that's really beautiful. Our summers are so hot, you can't enjoy the sun. Uh, because we're in autumn at the moment, you, you can actually go out and walk around in the sun at the moment. It's so lovely. Uh, but I've got the air conditioning on because it is a little bit warm. Uh, my son is in the other room playing some kind of game, Fortnite. I don't know what he's playing. <laughs> of course. So he, he of was course. kind of screaming before, and I was like, oh, dude, just keep it down a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll crack on with uh, today's show. And what I've, I kind of gave you guys some homework. Uh, can you kind of give yeah. me some, so it's not just come on the show and answer some questions and I, I had a sort of a concept for this show and there's 10 categories of cameras and because we're going to be dreaming of cameras today we all have to choose <laughs> a camera from each of these categories that we have never that we really really want but we've never used before or oh, we've never owned before, sorry. We've never owned before. Never owned. Never owned. Yes. So you, maybe, you, you you know, a friend has given you it and you had a look once, but you've never owned it. You don't currently own it now. And there's 10 categories. Uh, and I'll give you the categories now. You guys know the categories, but for the listeners at home, I'll give them something to look forward to here. The categories are point and shoot, SLR, TLR, rangefinder, toy camera, half frame, obscure format camera. I'll come to that later. An instant camera, a specialty camera like a pinhole or a pano or a stereo and there's also a wild camera what wild camera wild card camera at the end yeah. a wild a camera, wild camera. Uh, I can actually think of a wild camera uh, the, you know the Taz the Tasmanian devil Polaroid that would be a wild camera that's right um, so we're going to do that we're going to go through our, our list of, of categories uh, one by one now after the end I haven't told you guys this bit but after the end of each round <laughs> you have to choose somebody else's camera so you can't keep your own. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Now, okay. I, I think oh, you well, guys... I might have to take <laughs> That's the twist. There's <laughs> a lot of work involved. Get and, the pen out. Yeah, and the person at the end who's got the most points, we're going to do tally all the points up. They're, they're, I guess they're, they're the, the winner. But you don't win anything. It's just, you know, it's all a bit of fun. Um, now, I think you gentlemen have very similar tasting cameras. So don't don't be... I will not be offended if you not, neither of you ever choose any of my cameras. So I'll just put that out there at the start. <laughs> Okay. I know we're diverged we... sometimes. You'd be surprised. There's there's a lot of divergence I found. Uh, so yeah. we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And um, okay, so the first category here, the first category is one that's very, very close to my heart. In fact, I own many of these cameras. I could probably, looking around my office here, I could probably put my hands on about 10 as I'm sitting here right now. <laughs> uh, it is the category of point and shoot. There's something just uh, wonderful about point and shoots. I really love them. I love the fact they're so compact and I can just concentrate on on framing up my image and, and taking the shot. I haven't got to worry about anything else like meter readings or anything else. So to, for me, that, that's how I love to shoot. 
suit. And that is the first category here today. So, gentlemen, who'd, who'd like to go first? Oh, I want Gabe to go think? first. Okay, I'll go first. So, in the point-and-shoot category, I had to think about this, but I've always wanted this, and I've never tried it. It's the Ricoh GR21. Yep. And that 21-millimeter lens... Uh, that just friends who've had it have just said it's just incredible, uh, especially with street photography. And that's one that I've just, I, you know, I pined after for a long time and they're not easy to find out here. So uh, I've looked on eBay here and there and there's just not many around, but I really love that camera. So refresh my memory. I, I look on the, on eBay, I've got a, I've got like a setting um, looking at the GR GR1V, which is the right. which is a, a sister brother kind of camera to that one there, isn't it? The GR21 is a wide angle one. Is that correct? It's a wide angle 3.5. Yep. Um, it was right after I just this was right after Freaks and Geeks. It was a 2001 that it came out, and um, I think it was the uh, I think it was the first one with the 21 millimeter. I mean, I just don't know a lot of point and shoots. Yep. With the 21 millimeter, but that's one of those cameras that, and the quality's beautiful. Yeah. And I know that, that they're actually Ricoh 21 millimeter lens, uh, their regular prime is fantastic. Yeah. So, absolutely. That's very, one that I really Very love. good choice. I am I am thinking about buying the GR, the GR1V, I think is it called? Um, but mm-hmm. the LC, I know the LCD goes on the top quite often. And so I always right. look for the ones which says LCD, top LCD working. And of course, they're more expensive. Uh, but that, that, sounds like a pre- that sounds like a pretty good choice. Uh, what about you, Jeff? I like that one. That is a much more exotic and interesting choice than what I chose. This might be the most boring of all the cameras that we're going to talk about today. Contax G2, baby. Contax G2. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the you one say the G2 wants. or the T2? The G2. Isn't that a rangefinder? I'm going to get technical on you here. Is that a, I mean, that that's the fanciest point and shoot ever, just so yeah. you know. It's an, I mean, I know it's got a rangefinder <laughs> situation going, but isn't it an autofocus camera? Correct. It's autofocus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the G1. Yeah. Right. I now I'll tell you a little. Just t- tell me a bit about the G two. What I'll tell you my experience with the G two, but you tell me about what what you love well, about Matt, it. Well, Matt, you know the problem is that I don't have an enormous <laughs> amount of experience with point and shoot cameras. My favorite of my cameras that could probably fall into the point and shoot category would be the Olympus XA4 yep. macro, yes. which I yep. guess is technically a point and shoot, even though you do have to set distance on it. Yes. Um, so this is not a category I know very well. And that is why I inadvertently offended you in a recent episode <laughs> of I dream of cameras when <laughs> I really. posited the question about whether point and shoot was real photography. So I kind of went and looked at like, okay, well, what are the autofocus cameras out there that have automatic exposure? Yep. And this is where I landed. It's lovely to look at. I actually have done the like eBay hunt for this camera many times. And invariably, I bump up against some sort of flaw, like the fact that the LCD leaks on some of them, or you have to be aware of... This is something you never think about with an analog camera, obviously. You have to be aware of shutter count. Yeah. So like, oh, it's so heartbreaking, but... I respond to the fact that the lenses are extraordinary, yeah. and apparently it's pretty fast on the autofocus tip. Yep. And you know, people love them and rave about them, and it's desirable and whatever. I'm I'm shallow is really what this comes down to. <laughs> well, I bought probably 
a year, 12, 18 months ago, I bought a G2 from Japan and I had the 45 mil plan. Is it 45 mil? Yeah, 45 mil F2 planar lens. You know, this is touted as a, a Leica rival sort of camera. Sure. And uh, I bought it from Japan. It arrived really quick by DHL. I shot a couple of rolls off and I sent them to my lab and my lab cut the negatives. And I noticed something weird on one of the negatives. Like it, it almost like I'd set the, it was a beautiful sunny day. It was almost like I'd set the shutter speed to one second. It was all blurry. Like, uh, oh wow, uh, that's weird. I didn't. I, I was shooting on auto, and it wasn't until the next roll came back and I saw what had happened. And I'll sh I'll show you guys. Um, I'll send you guys a link. Um, so if you look at this, is an article on my website about buying film cameras on eBay. But if you go down under points, I'll tell you which point is it. If you scroll all the way down to uh, under right, it's actually right at the bottom of the article. You will see what happened with my Contax G2. There's an image of a white car on the right, and there's an image of a, a close-up of a vintage uh, green car with a yellow wheel on the left. I'm not sure if you can see that yet. I'm it's trying to get to the link you sent. Oh, sorry. Let's see. How do I do this? I'm gonna. Okay, I think I got it. Yes. Okay, yes. It's actually, in the Skype window, is actually a preview of exactly the image I'm talking about. But yeah. It, and right down the bottom. So you can actually see right at the bottom of that page, it's like one of the frames in the G2, like, had been pushed into the next frame. Yeah, that's peculiar. How did that happen? So I went back to the seller and I actually researched it and someone basically said that's a problem with the shutter and the film advance and that was a serious kind of issue. So I went back to the seller in Japan and I said, oh, there's a little bit of a problem with this G2 you sold me. And they offered me like 100 US dollars to get it fixed. I'm like, 100 US dollars? That is not going to get that fixed. And so no. um, I said, oh, can I do a refund? And they said, yeah, no worries. But they were very, very apologetic. They didn't realize. In the end, the guy, I had the camera here. I hadn't even finished talking talking to him and he refunded me all the money. Um, he wasn't supposed to refund me the money until he got the, the camera back. And then a right. message comes through eBay. Um, I think I just accidentally refunded you the money. Could you please send me the camera back? <laughs> and so, um, of course, I sent him the camera back. But this is the problem with, with these cameras, the G2 and, and also the T2s. Some of these electronic cameras, I love electronic cameras, but some of them aren't very uh, reliable. Now, I have the, the G1 now, actually my... I can't see myself here. Oh, there we go. I've got the G1 now. I picked this up for like uh, about 350 US with the plan. Oh, that's a good oh wow. Really but, good. But this is going to annoy you. It annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> the top LCD doesn't work. Oh, so you yeah. never oh. know what frame you're on. And that annoys right. the hell out of me. So I'm going to get rid of it just for that reason. Uh, this is right. a category I have not had a lot of luck with. I mean, uh, the... You know, the Nikon 35 Ti was something that I coveted for an incredibly long time. I finally just pulled the trigger and bought one. I spent yep. about six months with it. It was frustrating and slow. I didn't How love come? the lens. It just, I just didn't love the lens. I found the autofocus kind of sluggish. Yep. It never, I have a terrible problem. I have like the autofocus curse where yeah. invariably it will focus on the wrong thing, the thing yep. I didn't <laughs> want it to choose. Yeah, yeah. And right. I just felt like in spite of the fact that the camera was so sexy, like titanium body with those lovely Seiko analog dials on top. Like, oh, yeah, that's the coolest was, thing ever. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so ravishing to look at. But the results I was getting out of it were kind of undistinguished. And so I ended up selling it back to KEH, which is whom I bought it from, for pretty much exactly what I'd yep. paid for it. Like, it was a nice experiment. It's good. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And that's the good thing about buying cameras is that 
especially if you buy them from somewhere like Japan. I mean, they're expensive, but here in Australia, we don't have a, a massive amount of some of these cameras. So if you do want to, you know, buy it, you can probably get your money back. Or at the worst case scenario, you'd lose 10%, or you might even make 10%. So that's that's the good thing that these things are holding their value. Um, so we'll go to uh, we'll go to the who, whose cameras uh, are we all coveting? I'm gonna I haven't said mine yet, have I? Actually, I just realised. No, no, no. So mine is also from the contact stable. Um, it's a camera I would love. It's a camera which is ridiculously expensive. Uh, I think you could probably grab one for around two thousand US dollars, which is a lot of money. It is of course the contact T3. The T3. So it's a bit smaller than the T2. I've never used a T2, but I have heard issues around their reliability. Uh, So I think I'd probably go for the T3 if I had a a free point and shoot from from the the camera gods. Um, So have either of you used a T3 before? Nope. No, I have the T2, but it's it's hit and miss for me with the T2. People love it. And for me, I've just, I've not gotten the greatest... Uh, images out of it. I think I've, I've heard you speak about this, Gabe, and you, I think you said it's kind of heavy. It's because it's made of t- titanium. It's a little heavy, but it's it's more of um, it's almost not as reliable. Sure. You know, I'm not. I don't feel as confident with it because it's always hit or miss. And when I get the film back, I'm always like, oh, why <laughs> did thing. I use that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Okay, so round one, uh, and we have to now name whose cameras we're going to uh, to vote for. I'm going to vote for uh, Gabe's GR21. Yeah, me too. Okay, I, 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 I'm I'm <laughs> I'm actually going to go for um, that T3. The T3, and actually, because mm. it's slimmer yeah. and it's sort of you know point and shooty. Yep. I I worry because I've had the G2 and I'm just it's a beautiful camera, but again, my autofocus. It was like what you said, Jeff. Yeah. Sometimes you just you don't know what you're focusing on and how that happened. Excellent. So that's um, after round one. We've got uh, Gabe's on two. I'm on one. And Jeff, you're 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 zero. But I'm, I'm sure zero. that you've got some I'm great zero. cameras. That's gonna, oh, you're gonna catch up. There's going to be a lot of zeros. Just believe me. My, oh, this list is so bizarre. It's going to be zero zero zero. I'm going to shoot the moon. <laughs> so should we head on to? Um, let's go to topic number or for a camera. Type number two, which is an SLR, the most basic kind of you know workhorse of, of cameras throughout photographic history in the last hundred years, probably. Uh, so, what have you gentlemen decided to, to choose for the SLR? Yeah, <laughs> I would like the Nikon FM two T Year of the Dog camera. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was coming. So tell us about tell us about this okay. one. This oh is absurd. I'm, okay? I'm Googling now, it as you speak. we all know that the Nikon FM2 is a very good camera. I yeah. have an FM3A. FM3A Same. is yeah. one of my favorite SLRs. Camera. It's terrific. Right. Okay. FM2, right. quite similar. <laughs> FM2T, FM2 with titanium cladding. Okay. So it's titanium. Awesome. Yep. Year of the Dog yep. has a little picture of a Shiba Inu on the front. It's a beautiful dog. I'm okay, looking at it. How does now. that affect your pictures? <laughs> I think it's going to make my pictures a lot better because think about this. Okay, now Gabe is mocking me, but think about this. If you're taking a portrait of someone and there is, you have an right. SLR camera with a picture of a dog on the front, they yeah. are going to love right. you. You're going to they get are. a great... That's it's true. like what you said about the Tasmanian devil camera. How That's can true. people not right. enjoy yeah. being photographed with a camera with a dog on the front? Yeah. It's, pretty, also, it's a pretty cute looking camera. They only made 300 of them. Okay, wow. So if I have one, I'm going to feel special. Yeah. Okay. Right. And when I go out and shoot with it, I'm going to feel like a million bucks because that's what they cost. 
Really? Yeah. They're pretty no, they're expensive. About, they're about, they're about $5,500. Okay. It's okay. ridiculous. And by comparison, yeah. wait, let me emphasize. Old... Yes. No, I'm saying they're $5,500 because of that picture of a dog. <laughs> yes, for a picture of a dog. Now, Just by comparison, the FM2, the ordinary FM2, you would maybe pay $250 for, for a great yeah. one. Yeah. But it doesn't have a dog on it. Yeah. Yes. It does not have Dave a dog on it. I knew I was going to pick this because we were just talking yeah. about this camera yeah, the other night. Exactly. It is a very cute looking dog. And what, what, bra- what brand? What, what's a breed of dog is it? Sorry? I think it's a Shiba Inu. Okay. But I yep. could be wrong. Oh, wow. That's really, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be no, wrong. I'm guessing. It's a, it's a good looking dog. Yeah, there it's a good you go. Dog. But it's funny. I don't. Um, I've got an. I've got a FM3A, um, and I got it for a good price. But I. It's. It's on my kind of. It's on the shelf up there, which is the maybe get rid of shelf. Uh, I just oh. don't. I think you guys were talking ah. about um, uh, focusing a rangefinder versus focus, focusing yeah. an SLR recently. And I just because my eyes are so bad now, I can't focus that bloody thing. It takes me forever. I'm. I'm going in and out. Yeah. Yeah, Especially because you, you yeah. want that. You know, you want F4 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it, my FM3A is kind of a my. Should I get rid of list? You ever thought about getting a diopter for the uh, viewfinder? Um, no. Should I? I probably should. Yeah, think about it. I, yeah. I, uh, my eyes are not terrible, but they're not great either. Yeah. And with cameras that I use a lot, I yeah. buy, when you can find them, it's not always easy, but the Nikon yeah. is an example of when it is easy. Yeah. Get a diopter, yeah. and that way you won't have to wear your glasses while looking through it, and maybe you'll enjoy shooting it with more. With it more. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. I might yeah. do that. Because I haven't Before got rid of it rid yet, of it, because it's a beautiful camera. Yeah. It is a great camera. It's manual camera. Or, you know, that's the hottest yeah. trend in film yeah. photography, you know, going back to full <laughs> manual. Uh, yes. So, okay. Uh, Gabe. What is your SLR? I am going to say the which I've talked about before that Roly SL sixty six SLR medium format. I just love it, and I love the fact that it was from that agreement that Victor Hasselblad had with uh, Reinhold Heideke about we're not going to manufacture the same cameras, and then he manufactures you know what his version is. But it's a um, it's beautiful. I've only looked in one once, but, uh, you know, I, as much as I wanted, I've been told over and over again by every repair person that the parts are hard to find, yep. they're very hard to repair, but I still love it. I pine after. That's another one I just mm. love. So, Does it have a dog on it? Does it have a dog it, on um, it? Unfortunately, it doesn't have a dog on it. <sighs> Jeez. Otherwise, Hard it would pass. be fifty five hundred dollars. <laughs> so, does it have? Um, can you take the lens off, or is it a fixed lens? Yeah, I believe you can take the lens okay, off cool. on the SL sixty six. So, I'm, yeah. I'm just looking at it now, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. It looks like it does look like a beautiful camera. And there is, of course, uh, there are images. This is on Casual Photo File. I'm looking at the image, and there are images of the two gentlemen with their gentlemen's agreement, which um, soon dissolved probably <laughs> sometime after that. Well, that, yes. that is a very, very nice um, SLR. Yeah, that's a good pick. And uh, it's going to be, a, I think this is going to be a, a bit of a battle to see who who wants whose camera here. I have, got, I've got a bit boring though. I feel, I feel, I feel a bit bad. And I, I, I kept doing some more SLR research to try and think of a better one. But really, if, if someone said to me, you can have a free SLR, which name whichever one you want, you know, the Magic Genie appears, I would choose a Contact 645. Um, oh, you know, nice. beautiful yeah. portrait camera, relatively recent. The 80 mil um, planar lens is known as one of the best portrait lenses out there. They are very expensive. I think they're about 5,000 US, um, so they're not cheap. Uh, I actually know a guy here in Australia, John Yao, who's uh, who's a listener of the show. I think he has a 
couple, two or three of these things. I don't know how he got oh, them. Wow. I think he used to professionally shoot them. Uh, have either of you ever used a, a Contact 645? Nope. Yes, I have a oh, yeah. Contact 645, and I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic. I got it many, many, many years ago, yep. and I traded a bunch of stuff for it, but I have three backs. Wow. And it's so convenient. It's one of those cameras that with that, you know, autofocus and it's easy to shoot and it, the images are, that lens is really, really amazing. Yeah. I would say I, the meter is sometimes hit or miss. So I'm always using an external meter, but I really love that camera. That's a beautiful camera. So the backs, so you've got what, a 120, 220 Polaroid? All, all, no, I just got all 120s. Okay, cool. I got three 120s yeah. so I can just keep changing them. But yeah, yeah okay. that's what I got. Nice. And you've got the 80 mil planar? Yeah. Wow. Very, Beautiful. I got very nice. that, that and the 140. I think yeah. they didn't have a 150. They had a 140. So I have those two. Excellent. Okay. Well, this is a, this is a very tough choice. Um, uh, so I'll, I'm going to go first with which camera I want. Um, so look, I'm going to go. I can't remember the name of it, but I'm going to go for the dog camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this makes me so uh, happy. I will say I'm going to go for the dog camera hey, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm sticking with I, the dog I, I camera. Dog. Well, see, I chose, <laughs> yeah, I'm really surprised. <laughs> so you see your vote, Jeff. Who are you going to go for? I'm, uh, can I stay with the one I chose? No. You've got to I choose can. someone else's. All right, if I had to choose between you guys, I think I would go for the 645 because that, that, that frame size has always intrigued me, mm. you know, and so I love that SL66. I don't know as much about it as Gabe does, but, yeah. uh, and I've had really good luck with the Roloflex, different 35 millimeter deal, but 645 sounds appealing. So I'm, um, and Gabe speaks so highly of it. So I'm going to go yeah. for that. Yeah. So now good we're one. coming to un- uncharted territory here because I named a camera that Gabe already has. So would, would, was Gabe able to choose, if he wanted to, was he able to choose mine? I guess he didn't, wouldn't want it because he's already got it, but that's an interesting right. thing. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep going with the, the next uh, category of camera, which is a TLR, twin lens reflex camera. Who wants to go first? Uh, well, up, I will tell you this. <clears throat> I love Roloflex cameras, obviously. And I use a uh, 2.82 probably once a week. I, I love this camera on shoots. But one that I don't have, which I've never tried, is the Tele Roloflex with the 135 lens. That really intrigues me for portraits. And um, I've heard great things about them, but they're usually really, really expensive. So I have not... Uh, purchased one but that uh that's one i really like and what aperture is, is that like f4 or something like that it's or? an f4 yeah. 135 f4 yeah uh around 90 uh, you know i would say 1990s you know early oh, wow. 90s yeah it came out and uh and that was that's a really cool one i mean mine i have my camera that i use all the time is a 1959 yeah but um yeah, I'd be really interested in that Tele Roloflex. And how much do they set you back typically, do you think, if you were buying one on eBay? Probably a Tele Roloflex, probably, I don't know, $2,500? i am oh, yeah. not sure okay. what they're not going for. Yeah, not horrible, but but to get one in a really, really yeah. good condition, which is, Jeff and I talk about this all the time, it's like that's something you have to really, really be careful of on yeah. eBay. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know from this G1 that I got, I got this for a good price, this G1, but because that top LCD, like a lot of people wouldn't care about, it, it drives me nuts and I've just got to get rid yep. of it now because I never know if I'm at the end of the roll or not. 
Um, so I always look for, I do always look for mint condition cameras. Um, so this is one of the, this is one of my important shoots. I've got, you know, I always get them with the box. So this is my sure. Matura F1.9. Oh, cool. So come with the That's Japanese great. manual. I, I'm, I always do that similar to you guys. I always want one in the, the best condition I can get with all the bits and bobs. Um, so cool. Gabe doesn't care about that stuff though. Yeah, that's, I'm that's like, where, uh, yeah, you that's just want where it in good condition. Diverge. Gabe does not care. <laughs> I if it if it is ding to heck, I will love it if it's perfect workable condition. Like if it is absolutely in excellent working condition and the glass is clean yeah. and everything else is clean, I'm very very happy. Yeah. But if the viewfinder is clogged yeah. or it's mm. foggy or it's awful, that's where I go crazy. It's a deal breaker. Yeah. Cool. Jeff, TLR. I just changed my vote while Gabe was Ooh. talking. <gasps> my goodness. Do you want to know what I was going to say or should I not say that? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I, I answered this quiz, whatever it was, about a week ago when you emailed us originally, Matt, and I wrote down yeah. the first thing that came to mind, which was the Mamiya C330, because Gabe yeah. has one, and it's yeah. gigantic, and it's gorgeous, and I've always been fascinated by it. I guess it was one of Diane Arbus's cameras and so forth. And then as Gabe was talking, I realized there's one I want more, a TLR I want more, which is the Baby Roly. Oh, I have always wanted ooh. a baby Rolly, and yep. I have come very close to buying them on many occasions. Yeah, it's an odd film format, of course. It's one twenty-seven. Yeah, but they're so cute. Yeah, they, they really—they're very yeah. cool. And have you ever used one, either of you guys? Never. No, but it's on—it's actually my choice as well. The baby Rolly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm oh boy! We don't know what we're going to do here because Gabe, Gabe is forced to choose. <laughs> I, I'm going to have Rolly to pick here. one of them. I, I could change yeah. mine though. I had another one listed, but Baby Rolly was my number one. Oh, um, I love that you chose that. Okay, That's so, so I'll, I'll let you choose Baby Rolly then. But I, I, I like, I love it as well. Um, but yeah, they, they're so cute, and you know, I would actually buy one. I think they're around, you know, 400 US maybe in yeah, good they're condition. Not terrible. They're not too bad. Yeah, they're not terrible. terrible. The problem is though, like. You can get a 127 film from, you know, B&H and I think Freestyle and a few other places. I think it's only manufactured by one Japanese company at the moment. I think Film Ferrania are thinking about maybe bringing it back. I've heard rumors Neat. of that. Um, but how many, like how many rolls of 127 film do I shoot a year? Probably one or two. Yeah. And so am I going to spend 400 US dollars on a camera I use twice a year? Uh, probably not. So that's what's yeah. always stopped me buying one. Um, but yeah. that, was, um, that was a pretty good choice. I, I made that one as well. However, I'll tell you guys another one. Now, I don't know much about this camera. I saw it in one of my books I've got here, or my camera books I was looking at. Have you ever heard of the Toyoka? Not Toyota, but Toyoka 35. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. No. Okay, I'll send you a link. Um, let's have a look. Because I think you've got to see this to work, see what the hell it is. It's a twin lens reflex camera. Hang on, have I got a, I've got a link to it here. Yeah, okay, this is on Camerapedia. I'll just send you guys a link in the Skype chat. It's a... A TLR, it's a 35mm TLR, so it's unusual in that it's a 35mm. Ooh, looking. I've seen pictures oh, of this. That yeah. Is, yeah. It's got a side-by-side lens. That side is a Jeff lens. Greenstein yeah. camera if I've ever <laughs> totally seen one. Totally my kind of jam. I love that. That is a Jeff Greenstein the it design. It really is. It's so stupid <laughs> looking. So Look beautiful. at the film gate. It's yep. so dumb. Oh the film gate has gosh. like, oh, that's hilarious. Okay, yeah. really so good you, pick. Do you want to steal this that. one and I'll go back to the right baby rolly, or do you want, I'll keep this one? Actually, no, I'll keep this one because you're going to vote for it, I guess. Oh, it's so cool. I mean, yeah. 
That's such a weird. I bet those aren't. Are those terrifically expensive? And yes, think, they're, like, they're absolutely oh, horrendous. Right. I mean, there's not many on eBay. Wow. I had a look earlier. Um, I was actually trying to change my vote this morning. I was thinking I should have a look at these because <laughs> uh, there's not many 35 mil um, TLRs at all. Um, they're, right. They're they're about um, I don't know 1700, 1600 US. Yeah. So they're not okay. too yeah. bad. Not too bad. Um, but yeah, they are kind of pricey, and um, there is. Uh, I think there's like some kind of sports viewfinder as well if you want to shoot with it like to your face otherwise you look down into it so it's a kind of a crazy camera from the 1950s so that was that's my choice i'll scrap the baby rolly and i'm going for the toy okay. Toyota 35 oh well then uh, so should we should we do our votes yeah well i mean if i can't have the baby rolly i would go for that weird thing you just said matt absolutely yeah I I, mean, i'm for the weird thing matt okay yeah and I'll, I'll go yep. for jeff's baby rolly that was my backup <laughs> Cool. Sorry, Gabe. Okay. You, you, you had a strong, strong start, Gabe. But you're you're now currently in third position. But we've got plenty more. I know. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what oh, happens. Dear. Wait till you get the other three cameras I have that have dogs on them. It's going to be great. Hey, I've, I've got a. I've got a. I don't want to do a spoiler alert. I've got a cat one. Have you got a oh. cat one? Oh my goodness! No, no, I don't have a cat. Okay, camera. Okay, well, well, we'll keep that later on. Um, <laughs> needless to say, the cat camera does not feature in the next category, which is rangefinder. <laughs> Now, I don't know a lot about rangefinders. I have... I'm trying to think what rangefinders I have. I, I guess I've got some rangefinders. I've got a... I don't know if the G1 counts as a rangefinder. I'm trying to... Oh, I've got an Olympus XA. I love that camera. It's right. a, it is technically a rangefinder, so it's so tiny. Uh, but I think you guys have got a lot more yeah. uh, knowledge about this category than me. So take it away, guys. Let me see. Am I up? I, sure. I, yep. I have a lot of rangefinders, and I do love them. It's kind of been my preference through a lot of my photographic life rangefinders, but this is one I've never owned, and Gabe and I were speaking about this one recently. It's the Plowbell Machina W67. Oh, yeah. The wide-angle wide one. Yeah, the wide yeah. version. I, you know, it's funny. When you were talking about, when Gabe was talking about the Ricoh with that 20, is it 21 millimeter lens you were saying? Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. love cameras with, like, if you've got to be stuck with one lens, give me a wide lens. Like the Olympus XA4 has a really good right. wide lens. And I, I would rather be stuck with that. So if I'm going to be mired in six by seven land, having a nice wide lens on it is nice. And I like the form factor of the Machina too. You know, the it's a folder, it's got a yeah, nice that, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Mm. It's something Gabe and I have always talked about trying and we just never have. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I had that on my eBay watch list uh, probably three or four years ago now and I was thinking about getting one. But of course time moves on and prices go up and now it's probably it's probably oh, it's out absurd. of my league at the moment. I think yeah. I, I think I was looking at the non wide version though. Um, but they, they are intriguing yeah. cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And they have what a Nikon or Nikkor lens, is that right? Yes, that's right. Mm. Yeah, that very nice. Cool. Gabe, this is gonna be hard. I would say that I still love the Mamiya seven two. Sure. This is yeah. one I had a long time ago, and I sold it. I stupidly sold it, and it's funny because all I had left was my um, was this bizarre close-up attachment to it, which stretches out and has a frame that comes out of the camera. Wow. It's the craziest thing. But I just gave it to my friend Brandon, uh, who uh, has that camera. But I love it, and I loved it for close-up photography, and it was really, you know a great one but uh now they have exploded mm. in price yeah so now they're in the 4500 to 6500 you know to get one in great condition so yeah that's yeah. one i'd like 
That is a beautiful camera. And again, that's another one that I watched years ago and the price has easily doubled since I was watching them. I think someone here in Australia had one with a couple of lenses, but it was like, yeah, it was 5,000 US dollars. And I was like, oh man, why, why didn't I buy some of them back in the day? But you know, hindsight's right. a wonderful thing, right? Right. Now my rangefinder, I really don't know. I, I, I've never owned a Leica. I went through all the Leicas. I looked at the Leica website. I don't even know the difference with half of them. There's all these MPs and 2124. I don't know what the hell they are. So I'm, I'm kind of torn between a Leica M6 and a Leica M7. The M7 is newer. The M6, but you never hear many people talk about the M7. And I don't know why that is. Um, so I would choose it. They used to. You used to? They used to. They used to. The M7 was M7, M7, M7. And now. M6 has taken over again. I mean, those yeah. cameras are, they used to be $1,500 a few years ago or, you know, $2,500, $3,500. Yeah. Crazy. I'll, I'll go for the, I'll go for the M7. Then. I mean, they've both got electronics in, right? I, I understand. Yep. yep. So I'll go, oh, what the hell? I'll go for the new one. I'll go for the Leica I M7. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Gabe, the M7 has aperture priority as I well or so. something like that. I think that's like the that. difference. That yeah, sounds like that's so my street. Which is yeah. nice. Yeah. That's nice. Absolutely. That's a nice thing. Yeah, I've always shot in aperture priority. I've always, I've always liked that kind of style of shooting. So yeah, I'll, I'll go for the Leica M7 then. Um, so we've got the uh, what have we got? We've got the Leica M7. We've got the uh, Powerbell Machina W, the wide one, wide six seven. Is that right? And um, yes. we've got the Mamiya 7.2. They are three very amazing yeah. choices. <laughs> what, what are your what are your votes, gentlemen? Well, I got to vote for the Mamiya. I mean, I have an M6 TTL, which is, you know, just a shade off of the M7. So I think if I was going to choose something else, yeah. I'd go for the Mamiya 7.2. I'll go yeah. for Mamiya as well, because that is, that, is, that is definitely one I've looked at before. Um, I am definitely going to go for the Plowbell Makina. <laughs> yep. It's a good camera. Cool. That one, I, I would love to try that. Absolutely. And what's, what's the difference in the focal length between the wide and the normal? Do you know off the top of your head or... I don't. No, I don't either. I don't. Uh, that'll, that'll be something for a, a future I, I feel like search. the standard 6.7 is an 80 millimeter Nikkor. Yep. I think I'm right about that. I don't know what the one is on the wide one. So let's have a look. So see if I can quickly find out. Ah, oh, that'll take me forever because it's going to all links on blogs, which I have reviews. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on from that. We'll let, we'll let listeners uh, work that out. Listeners are probably shouting at their their, their headphones <laughs> what the difference is anyway. Uh, so we'll let the, let the listeners have that information to themselves, and we will move on from uh, from sort of a very top range sort of camera to maybe one that it's a little bit more uh, lo-fi. And we're talking about yes. toy cameras. Now, this could either be a, a, a toy. I think the definition of a toy camera is one where you don't have m much controls. But of course, there's also cameras that look like toys that were marketed to children. So any of the above can be uh, acceptable for this uh, this category. So, gentlemen, who wants to take it away? Uh, I would say that for my toy camera, it would be in the early. I remember in the 70s, friends had it. I did not. It was the Snoopy Matic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. It was. There's. There was two that I wanted. One. Yeah was shaped as the Snoopy Doghouse. Yes. And one was um, Snoopy's Doghouse with Woodstock on it, too. Yeah. There was one that was like more, looked like a 35, but the other one was a real square house. Yeah, I've actually that got was the that dog in a house. book here somewhere, and I can't, I can't oh, lay the fingers I love on where it. it is. But yeah, it was a square with a little Snoop, house. Snoopy Matic. Snoopy. Yeah, 126. Yep. So in yep. other words, that's a camera with a dog on it. Is what you're saying? <laughs> uh, you know what? I will admit that I do love it, and it is a dog, and it is um, 
just about, I guess, $4,999 cheaper than yours. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Yeah. But it does have a, those flash it, cubes. Is that a 126 camera? 126. Fantastic. All right. Yep. Excellent. I'm going to pick a camera I know you guys have not heard of, but I'm very excited because this is also reaching back to my childhood, okay? This is the Estes AstroCam 110. Does that Never mean anything to anybody? No. Estes makes model rockets. Uh-huh. And when yes, I was a I kid, do know that. Okay. I used to build model rockets, and one of the high-end model rockets you could get had a built-in 110 camera that would release at a certain altitude. So this is a camera built into a model rocket for aerial photography. And I consider that a toy. What's that? Have you mentioned this before somewhere? Never. Never I've, have I've heard someone talk That's about so this. Cool. I've heard someone talk about this before, about there was this, there's this camera on a rocket. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So that's, Excellent. that's my choice. I think that qualifies as a toy. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and how, that's do you, cool. how do you trigger the shutter? Does it just do it at intervals? Or? I, you know, I think if I'm correct about this, if you either of y'all ever built model rockets, this is really yes. nerd, nerd yes, central. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so, this, you know, yeah. there's, there's the model rocket engine is basically like a firecracker and it burns and burns and burns. And at the end of it is an explosive cap that goes pop and that makes yep. the nose cone come off so that there's a parachute that comes down yeah okay so my guess is that the explosive pop triggers the camera to fire that's my guess (laughs) that's awesome and did you have friends who had had this or it was just always a a dream it was just the one that you always coveted as a kid because it was twice as expensive as any of the other model rockets yeah and i built a lot of these girls i'm single um and uh (laughs) and uh but this was the one that was too desirable and too exotic and yeah. too expensive for me to yeah. afford when I was 12. It's pretty cool, though. Pretty cool. So Astrocam, Astrocam 110. And it yeah. has its own Wikipedia entry there, which is pretty cool. Now, uh, for my choice, I'm going to have to send you a link again, guys, because I, I don't know how I'd describe this camera without uh, sending you a link. So I'm going to send it to you. It's it's made by Holger, but but throw out throw out everything you know about Holger. This is the Superheads Shironeko Holger White Cat camera, okay? What? Oh. Uh, and so it looks um, either beautiful or hideously ugly, depending on your style. It oh, has a picture. Oh, yeah, I know this camera. You know this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yep. idea is that it's a, it's a camera for photographs your cat. Now, I don't have a cat. I'm not a cat person. I've got a dog. But apparently it works on dogs as well. And what happens is you press a button or something and on the front of the camera, these little light, these little green and orange lights light up and the camera has got a speaker in it and it goes or whatever cats say. Oh, that's brilliant. And the idea is cats who don't particularly, who sort of treat humans with a bit of contempt, so I hear. The idea is that, you know, if you try and get a cat to say cheese or whatever, you know, the cat's just going to ignore you like, go away, buddy. But if you then put this thing in its face with the lights and the noise, the cat goes, and you get a picture of your cat. Uh, and so uh, apparently the, the lights and the noise work really well for cat photography and also dogs. Now, the thing about this camera is it apparently has a sweet spot. A lot of, you know, uh, these crappy toy cameras are, you know, sort of fixed focus. And, you know, anything from, I don't know, six feet to infinity is going to be okay. Apparently the sweet spot for this camera is about one foot, 30 centimeters. Uh, oh. So perfect for photographing your cat. Uh, and I would, wow. I would actually buy one of these things, but they're very, you can't really buy them anymore. Very, they're very rarely come up on eBay or Etsy, and um, the ones that are up are, are 
so ridiculously priced. Like, you know, I probably spend 50 US dollars on one just for a bit of fun. I'm not going to spend $500. You That's just absurd, no. right? So, but there you go. The, the, the Superheads Shirinoko Holger. Uh, so that that, wow. com- that completes our uh, our our toy cameras, and I'm I'm going to vote for the Snoopy because I was literally I think the book's in the other room. I was literally looking at the Snoopy, and the only thing that put me off it was the one two six format, which is hard to come by these days. But I'm I'm going to vote for Gabe's Snoopy. I think I'm going to go for the rocket camera. Rocket camera. I, gotta, I like I'm so excited about a rocket camera. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go for that cat camera. I mean, in spite of the fact that one of the contributing factors to the demise of my relationship with my girlfriend was that her cat wanted to kill me, uh, that focus to one uh, foot is a fun thing in a toy yeah. camera. Like, even if you aren't yep. using it for cats, that means you can take close-ups of things, which you can't with a well, lot of yeah, toy cameras. This, is, um, this yes. is a book which is a really bad influence on me. It's called Toy oh, Cameras. Yeah, I think I have that. You got that one? Yeah, yeah yep. it's by... Um, yeah. Kevin Meredith, Lomo Kev, he's a, he's a famous yeah. sort of uh, a lomography photographer. Now, if you look at some of these photos, you, you won't be able yeah, to see from nice. me holding it up. But some of them are beautiful kind of shallow depth of feel, you know, because it's got a close focus. The rest is it's right. got this kind of nice bokeh in the background. So, you know, one day I'll, I will get the, 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 the cat camera, but um, it's, yeah. it's just a dream for now, unfortunately. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. That's the one you're going to use. (laughs) (laughs) Going to move on to um, half-frame cameras. (laughs) Half-frame cameras. My favorite subject. I think you don't like half-frame, Gabe? No. No, I didn't think so. I know that Jeff does. Uh, No. This (laughs) is a Jeff Greenstein specialty. Now, one thing I just want to raise before we start this, you said that uh, you guys like 645, right? The idea of 645? Who said that? Mm -hmm. I did. 645 is essentially half frame 6 by 9 You bet. That's right. Don't say it like that. (laughs) 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 It it is essentially a Japanese format. Don't say it like that. The Japanese invented that format. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) It really isn't. (laughs) It's pretty damn big, so we've got to let it off the hook. Okay, so we'll get into half frame, and I'm talking about conventional full frame half frame here. So I haven't chosen a 645 camera just to, to muck things up. I think Jeff and I are going to choose the same camera here, but we'll, we'll, I doubt we'll, let, it. we'll, let, we'll let Gabe. I okay, good, doubt good. It. Oh, Gabe, we'll let you Gabe go start. first. You go yeah. first. Okay, I'm going to go first. Ready? Since I am not the fan of the half frame, I needed to find something that was crazy. Okay. Okay. So my pick is one of the 200 made Leica <gasps> 72 frame oh, sure. half frame. Yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Great choice. So I, what was the year of manufacture? Uh, and I've seen uh, Tamarkin, you know, talk about this camera and and about, you know, how rare it is and and how complicated it is and all the works of it. But uh, you know, that's uh, fascinating to me. I, I don't think there's many. There's probably I don't know how many known there are, but they're out there. There is one. One did come up on eBay and it was only $24,000. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I remember this. <laughs> wow. Yep. So what yeah, year were they made was, roughly? Do we know? Yes. I think it was, I wrote it down. Um, 
They were made between uh, 1950 and 1963. Okay, yeah. And less than 200 were made. Wow. So that's that golden age of half frame cameras where, you know, 35 for most people is expensive to, to, to buy and to get processed. Uh, I mean, of course, then Leica come out with the camera. And you, you kind of figure if you could afford a Leica, then... You know, is the you know buying a half frame Leica is that kind of worth it or not? But you know, these are turned into very shrewd investments for some people by the sound of it. Right. Yeah. It's really. Um, I mean, I wish there was another. I I don't think there. Uh, I, I'm looking to see if there's one now, but uh, it's usually out of control. Yes. Like seriously, it was twenty four thousand dollars. Wow. Some crazy amount. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. So, uh, Jeff. Now, half frame is my jam. I have a lot of them. I have a lot of them, and I think about half frame cameras a lot. And I have a couple of very rare and exotic ones, which we can talk about if you want. And I came very close to choosing the Leica 72 because that is a very good pick. But I chose the Alpa 10S, which is the half frame wow. version of the Alpa 10. You know, basically, it's similar to the 11SI, which I own, but it's a half yep. frame version. There are two on ebay right now i have both of them bookmarked they're not hysterically (laughs) expensive but it's what's holding me back is it is quite similar to a camera i have um but i have always wanted one and i love alpas alpa might be my favorite mark so that is what i am choosing so these are a swiss med camera is that correct yes yeah. yeah, and you recently yeah, spoke got, about your Alpa on, on was it Neg Pause or one of your, one of your I, podcasts? There is no time that I don't speak about my Alpa, Matt. <laughs> no, it comes up almost all the time. Um, yes, it's made by a Swiss company named Pignon. They were all hand built. There's a lot of debate as to how well made they are. I happen to think mine's extraordinarily well made, but you know they were made in very small numbers. The 11 SI that I have, there are only 425 of them in Chrome. Yeah, uh, they. I think are hysterically overvalued um, in general, but people do love them and I do love mine. So 10S, that's the pick. So are they um, uh, are they uh, Swiss German or Swiss French? Or do we do we know what, you know what 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 cultural group they are in Switzerland? Oh my gosh, uh, I believe they're Swiss French. I okay. think I'm right about that. Because you did yes. say about reliability, which made me think they could be Swiss French rather than Swiss yes. German. Because you'd think that if it was Swiss German, it would be very precision and very okay. Sorry yeah, to all the, it, the French. The Swiss company people, made watches before they made cameras, so sure, it really sure. is, it's in the tradition of Swiss watches. You know, which I Excellent. think is more of a French thing. I think yeah. I'm right about that. Sure. Okay, so mine mine's a bit boring. I mean, I do have half frame cameras. I've got the Pen FT. I've got I actually got, I've actually got a cat camera. I've just realised I've got the uh, the golden half. Do you know the Superhead oh, sure. golden half? Yeah, I've oh, got wow, the yeah. I've got the Hello Kitty. Hang on, see if I can find it here. Got the Hello Kitty version <laughs> here somewhere. Nice. I don't even know where it is. But I have got the Hello Kitty golden half. Um, all these cameras I love everywhere. Hello Kitty stuff. That's good. I like that. But the camera I've chosen today is not that because I've already got that one. It is, of course, one that you've spoken about before. Dial. The Canon Dial. Oh, that's the a Canon good dial. one. Yeah. The, that's great. It is a camera that I almost bought a couple of times until I realized they can be very... Um, you, you've really got to make sure that they work because they, yeah. they time has not been kind to many of them. And so I've almost pulled the trigger a couple of times in the past, but, you know, I really want to make sure one works. The, the wording around some of these listings on eBay is, you know, worked last time it was used. So, oh, yeah, I hate that. You know, you don't want to, to put a couple of hundred dollars into something and find you got a, you got a you know, shelf sitter. So, um, but that, that would be mine, I think, just because it's so unusual. Have, Have you ever you seen the Dial 35 Rapid? No. 
it's What's a variant like? of the dial 30. You know, the dial 35 has that very unusual form factor where you hold it by this little sort of handle on the handle, bottom. Yeah. The dial right. 35 rapid is much more conventional looking and more compact, but it uses yeah. those rapid cassettes, which are a gigantic uh, pain. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it has the same kind of idea. It's half frame. It's got this strange kind of bubbles around the lens that still make yeah. it look like a telephone dial. But I've never actually used one because I've never been able to find one either at a camera show or anywhere else that works ever. Yeah, I, those rapid cassettes would put me off. I actually had yes. a look. I went to see this guy's cameras once down the Gold Coast about an hour from here, uh, where they shoot a lot, lot, quite a lot of movies and TV series now down the Gold Coast. And um, I was down there in this guy's like uh, garage, and he was showing me all these cameras from his father-in-law. Like, I was hundreds of cameras. And one, he pulls out this German robot camera, you know, I have from a robot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember you said oh, that on the show. Wow. Yeah. But it, it uses, it looked like it worked. It had this thing on the on the side of it. You can do like look around the corner photos, like it has oh, like yeah. that kind of oh, wow. weird thing. So you can, you can put it, thing, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. And he wanted like three hundred bucks, like two hundred US dollars for it. And I'm like, ah, oh. the only thing that put me off, the only reason I didn't buy it then and there was because it uses those cassettes. And I'm They're useless with doing things yeah. with my hands. I'm absolutely useless. So I thought. You know, I'm never going to be able to do this, so I just didn't buy it. But, um, yeah, very interesting cameras. When they're set up and working, I mean, if you've got it loaded, loading is a pain, but when you've got it loaded and working, it the impression of craftsmanship and engineering that these cameras have, just robots are, they're like Leica quality. They're so incredibly well-made wow. and heavy as hell, considering how compact they are. You mm. have this real sense of solidity, like a precision instrument. Right. Cool. So it's, it's voting time now, gentlemen. So okay. we, we've got oh, the, well. the dial, we've got the, the Leica 72, and we've got the Alpa camera I can't remember the name of. 10S. 10S. Uh, I, well, I got to go for the 72. I mean, that was my other choice. 72, Leica 72. Uh, yeah, I think I got to go for Gabe's as well. Yeah. I, I am going to go for the Alpa. Alpa, yeah. Because I only own one for 12 hours, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Awesome. So we're, we're now on to, um, where are we up to? Are obscure. To obscure format. Obscure format. Uh, this is, okay, I, this is a little ridiculous. It may go off the beaten path, but this is just a camera I would like to try that no one will ever be able to try. Mm. So that, like, this is the one. So I want to try... That George Lawrence Mammoth camera, the biggest camera ever made in the world. <gasps> yeah. I think that would be the biggest kick to just be able to stand in front of that thing that a train brought it in, I think. I mean, yeah. I can't remember. It was like the biggest uh, camera in the world, and it was 900 pounds. I do remember that, um, wow. which is just slightly heavier than a Pentax 67. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm fascinated with the. Uh, I'm fascinated with that camera. You know, I love just, that. You know, huge plate, and how you would develop it, and just just to take one shot on that. And I sort of felt the same way as those big, the giant Polaroids, like just those yeah. big life size Polaroids that yeah. were so fascinating. But I was really thinking of a camera that I actually would love to try, and that was that. And I'm. I'm sure it's in a museum. Would you be nervous, though, <laughs> just before you press the shutter that you got it right? Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. And you know what else I would be? I would do a portrait and the person would blink. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. what would happen. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. It's $1,000 a shot. Here you go. Yeah. Oh. 
Well, a good segue yeah. to that is my choice, which is the Polaroid 20 by 24 camera, yeah. which is a big thing on wheels. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it was a, probably the biggest Polaroid ever used. Um, and uh, yeah, I would. Uh, Elsa Dorfman was uh, well known for using that, sure. and that would be yeah. my choice. But um, I don't think you could uh, you could buy film for that anymore. I chose. <laughs> Again, this will surprise nobody. I chose the Minox AX. We were speaking on a recent show about the sort of two classes of Minox cameras, yep. the ones that uh, advance the film when you push-pull and the ones that don't. Yep. Uh, the Minox A, the original Minox A slash 3S, they're the same thing, advance the film when you push-pull. But uh, Minox did a commemorative edition called the AX, which is exactly the same size, which is the smallest Minox made, and yet it does not advance when you push-pull. They're very hard to come by. Right. So talk about an obscure format 9.5 millimeter wow. Uh, wow. so I would choose the Minox AX that's my pick the Minox AX that's a good one. I've actually got my Minox somewhere is this my Minox no this, this is my um, I do have uh, a Minox 35 camera which I always wanted yeah. one and, and but I find it kind of tricky to use because you've got to guess you've got to work the distance right you've got to think okay my subject's 10 feet away or 15 feet away or whatever but this one is made by the same company this is a 35 mil one this is a Voigtlander made by the Balder factory in West Germany but when you look through the viewfinder there's a little gauge and you can you can just choose the the one person two person trees so you can actually do your scale as you're looking through the viewfinder where the Minox you're always doing this yeah Um, so that's that's why I kind of like the idea of Minox, but I actually prefer this kind of cheaper, crappier version. Sure. Um, so a bit of a segue into Minox land there. Um, gosh, that is a really difficult choice. Um, mm. Tell me more about this camera, Gabe. What was it? What was the purpose of it? What was it used for? Let me let me just see if I can find this. Uh... I feel I need more information before I make a, a vote here. <laughs> So it was 1900. Oh wow! Uh, just George Lawrence built the world's largest camera. Uh, and the idea was to take a photo of a train and capture all the carriages in one single shot. So it was a groundbreaking panoramic. Wow. Um, 900 pounds. Jeez. Uh, it, was, it traveled a quarter of a mile suitable location, open field. Um, and it was, set, it was set up and pointed at this brand new train standing in the distance. And it was, I'm sure, some big promotion but it used utilized glass plates that were eight feet by four and a half feet in size wow damn um and uh he made a successful photograph that day which made uh history but that yeah okay you, yeah, you had you had me at giant, train you, to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, vote for, I'll vote for gabe the train camera um well i'm golly. definitely going for the polaroid the 20 by 24 okay yep. yeah same green. here same here. Okay, yeah. 20 by 24. That was an inspired choice then, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that would yep. be amazing to... Again, you, you'd want to be very careful if you're using a 20 by 24 Polaroid to make sure you you know you got it right before you press the shutter. Uh, unless yeah. you were friends with Mr. Land and you had a, a lot of uh, film up your exactly. sleeve. Uh, the next one is... Speaking about Polaroid and Mr. Land, the next one is Instant Camera. Now, I cursed yes. myself when I included this because I own, like... SX70s, SLR 680s. I own loads of. I, I got Sun 670s. I got them yeah. all up on the shelf. So I'm thinking, what the hell do I choose for this? But I have I have thought of one. Um, I had to sort of go to um, one of the uh, one of the websites over there in the states, Brooklyn Film Camera. The only real right. Polaroid camera I really want. I'd love a Taz one. I haven't got a Taz one, but the one I've chosen is a 600 series camera. Uh, it's I think it's inspired by manga. 
Japanese cartoons. Uh, it's called a Kodomo no Omocha camera. And, wow. Um, I, and you'll see, it, it's not particularly for the name, but if you look at the the link I've just sent you guys, I really like the colors of this. I love the design of the camera. It's got these pinks and these kind of purples and yellows. It looks like a kiddie's toy camera. It's it look it's pretty much just a bog standard 600 box camera. There's nothing in, amazing or special about the camera. Right. I just love the colors, the pinks and the yellows and the purples. That's and nice apparently, looking. I like it. it. It was one of the rarest 600 cameras made. So I, I, that is why I will, I will choose that one. That's a That's good very pick. Cool. Um, am I up? I yep. would ch- I would choose the goose. Gotta oh, yeah, go for yep, the six hundred yeah. SE. I have like yeah. you, Matt, I have a lot of Polaroids. And yeah. uh, you know, I've always been I came very close to getting one and then I got a one ninety five instead. Um, yeah. but you know, the idea of it's based obviously on the Mamiya Universal platform. So it is a camera that can be a Polaroid sometimes, but you can flip it around and turn it into a large, I mean, a medium format camera as well. So that's kind of appealing. But yeah, I've always been fascinated by it and the lenses are amazing. And it's, Gabe, do you have that machine? I'm trying to remember. Do you have a Mamiya Universal? I have the, I, I, yeah, I have a Mamiya Universal. I love it as a regular roll camera. Cool. So that's my pick. Very awkward to use, but I I do like it. (laughs) Nice. Um, okay, so instant camera is just going to go. Um, uh, this is just going to be crazy. So, <laughs> I, I found a camera that, and I'm not the biggest, as Jeff knows, the Instax fan, but I did find someone who invented this thing. If you can look it up, it's called the Jolly Look Auto. Yes. Oh. Yep. And it lo- it's the one that looks like the vintage camera. Yeah. yeah. It's made out of cardboard. Yep. And you crank it up, and the the picture comes up out of the top. That's right. I think that is hysterical. Yeah. I think it, they're obviously not expensive. Yeah. And I don't know what the quality is, but it just looks like someone put so much care into making what? this interesting looking thing. I think yeah. Graham from it? the Sunny Sixteen. I think I think Graham backed this, this, didn't he? I have a vague memory of Graham from Sunny Sixteen. Oh, maybe. This. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe. Look, I, I hope I'm not um, relaying the wrong information, but I think maybe the build quality was not that good, maybe? or um, No, I, I think you're right, but I think they tried to make a wood one. I think yeah. they tried new materials and things like that, but it just... Yeah, it just like looked like a cool little you know crank up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that is uh, that's a pretty good um, choice. So we've, what have we got? We've got the the Polaroid six hundred, the 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 manga colorful one. Um, Gabe's gone for the the auto the jolly look. Uh, what did he go for again, Jeff? I went for the six hundred SE goose. The goose, of course, the yep. goose. So, gentlemen, who, what, cast your votes. Who, who are you going to go for? Golly. I'm going to go for that manga colored. All right. Yep. Polaroid. Yep. I think I'm going to do that, too. I think All I'm right. going to go for that manga thing. I mean, the Jolly Look is intriguing, but I don't love Instax stuff. So if I can keep shooting Polaroid, I think that's what I'd go for. I've got to go for the Goose because um, I have... It's, it's been a camera I was looking at many years ago when Film was still uh, plentiful available. Uh, and and then, those days. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I remember once... Um, I think I just bought some from B&H, a couple of packs, and the price went down to $20 US a pack, and I bought I bought one extra. And then about literally three months later, it was discontinued. Yeah. And I was like, uh, and then you hear, you literally hear about people who bought like pallets of this stuff from B&H. Jeff Greenstein. Oh, really? I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I have a yeah. lot. I've got about 15 about packs eight, left. Eight. I have about 80 packs between wow. FP100C, 3000B, a yeah. couple of chocolate. I have some silk. 
and some other stuff. So yeah, I did stockpile them when they started. When they announced that they were discontinuing, I did buy a lot at like between eight and ten dollars a pack, and it just kept them on ice for about, in many cases, like six or seven years. Yeah, and I'm just starting to think, you know, it's probably time to shoot this stuff because it's not going to hang on much longer. I actually sent a couple of packs. It's it's so true. It's so true. I thought about that the other day, is especially with that Polaroid because it's. Such a toughie. Yeah. yeah, and I'm starting to share it. We we actually interviewed a very gifted photographer named Emily Earl on a, for an upcoming episode of our show, and I sent her a couple of packs of 3000B because I just feel like this this stuff should not be $200 a pack. It's absurd. Yeah. No. And yeah. for people who are trying to make art with it, like let's get it in their hands. You know, I so it's it's sad when I see these flash sales at Brooklyn Film Camera, and it's like only $125. It's like, yeah. oh, jeez. Yeah. So so I'm. I, Hopeful. Anyway, I've only ahead. shot probably five or six packs of pack film. I've got about 15 in the fridge. I've had for th- three or four years. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of too scared to shoot it because I remember when it was plentiful available, I remember once with my Polaroid uh, peel apart camera, I pulled it too hard and literally it was like a concertina. The whole bloody sure. thing came yeah, out. That's and I really, yeah, that's Yeah. So I'm kind of, but I think I should just, I don't know if I should sell it or do something with it because I'm kind of scared that if I shoot it, I'm going to muck it up, but oh well. Yeah. Okay, so oh, we're gonna do our votes. We don't have votes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we well we all voted for you, Matt. We all voted yep. for the cartoon camera. The cartoon camera. Okay, and I'm sorry, I voted for the goose. Okay, that's great. Yes. So uh, we're on to uh, category. Almost in the home stretch now. We've got category number nine. We've got the specialty camera. So this could be you know a pinhole. It could be a pano. It could be a stereo. Lay your cameras upon me, gentlemen. What have you got for me? I chose. I mean, this is a camera. Again, this will surprise nobody. I want the X-Pan 2, but I want it with the paint that doesn't wear out that's on the yeah. Fujifilm <laughs> TX2. Yeah, and I also want it with the wooden grip. Yep. That's what I want. Yep. I mean, it's all right. you can have that. If it, I, I'm willing to compromise and get a TX2 if that's what it comes down to, but I kind of like the Hasselblad name on a 35mm camera. So anyway, that's it. That's my crazy pick. Fujifilm made them and designed them, though. So the Hasselblad yeah. is just window dressing, essentially, isn't it, really? Yeah, I am in love with my Wide Lux, which I got yeah. about six months ago, and yeah. it is wonderful. But it, as we've talked about on the show, it is a slightly different version of the panoramic experience than what you get with a non-swing lens camera, and I just yep. think it would be really fun to try. Right. Yep, so you're voting, am I correct in saying you're voting for the Fujifilm TX2? Yeah, let's say that that's what it is. TX2 with a wooden, with grip. A wooden okay. grip. Got it. Wooden, wooden grip. grip. Okay. TX2 with a wooden grip. Okay. Uh, okay, this is going to be one of those okay, that you have to look up. This is a half plate yep. stereo camera. Wow. Ooh. So it's so look up Sands and Hunter half plate uh, stereo camera. It is the most beautiful wood wow, yep. stereo camera. And um, oh, wow. again, I saw one. I saw one at a at a camera show, but the guy wasn't selling it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, it was man. one of those things that it was just there to to get people to come over to his table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but it's a beauty, and he had used it, and just beautiful, beautiful images out of it. But you know, Victorian area wet plate. It's you know a tough one to. Uh, find and yeah. use yeah. but that's that's sort of the uh that's a dream specialty one for me have you Very done stereo cool. photography long time ago like wow. once i had a camera and i just you know 
I'm always interested in it, but no, I have not done it recently. Uh, I've never done it. That's really cool looking. If you were ever going to start, that'd be a Isn't good that way a to cool do it. One? Yeah, yeah, really pretty. Doesn't look big. Is it like the size of a shoebox? It's not huge, right? I th- it was a little big, yeah. Okay. It, uh, yeah. It's cool. Really cool. That's a good pick. Okay, so sort of um, on the similar vein to that, my choice is a stereo camera as well. But mine is, um, the, of course, the gentleman I'm sure you know of, uh, the Viewmaster, you know, uh, Viewmaster stereoscope things where you put the reels in. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've got some on the shelf up there. I absolutely love them. I've never really got too much into collecting them because they're as bad as cameras in terms of how much they cost these days. But this is a camera bought out by, I don't know if it was Sawyer's or Viewmaster, um, back in the 60s, I think, maybe. And uh, it's a stereoscope camera. And the idea was that you loaded up, um, uh, you know, slide film into this camera you went on holidays you shot the film i think it it sort of took the um the film it sort of did the the two the two stereo images that you'd use it did them on a funny angle and so it would shoot them across the film you got your film processed so i would definitely choose one of these they're about 400 us dollars the problem is though you need it's not just the camera okay so you need the camera you need slide film which you can easily get but you need a cutter you need to cut the bloody film properly to get those tiny little circles and then you need the blank discs so there's actually right. a lot involved to, to make just me think it. yeah I, I'm just like if I was just buying the camera I'd do it but I can't be bothered <laughs> with all the other stuff but this is right. what I this is what I do and and actually um, I'm actually in a Viewmaster yeah. Facebook group and those those reels that people went on holidays in the 60s and 70s and did their own reels they're highly collectible yeah I Very had this cool. camera Matt oh, I wow. had this camera oh wow yeah. wow I was given this as a gift and yeah. it was lovely on the shelf and I ultimately sold it because, you know, we have this philosophy, like if, you, if it's just sitting on your shelf and you're not using it, somewhere some student is keening for this camera. So let's yep. let them have it. Um, but I did look into what you were just describing about the real business of like punching out the slides. Yeah. And I don't know how it is now, but at the time this was about, I think this was about 10 years ago that I unloaded this camera. Yeah. People were buying the kind of like Disneyland Viewmaster discs yeah. on eBay yeah. with that already had pictures in them and yeah. then punching out the Disneyland pictures because yeah. it was cheaper to do that than to Think try by, and buy yeah. an unused uh, disc. Yeah. They're just That's so right. hard to come by. And yeah. also getting the alignment right between right. the two halves is a real science. Yeah. And so yeah. I was ultimately like, you know what? It's a little much for me. So I, That's I right. offloaded it. But they are Very lovely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, they cool. are lovely. Did you, ever, did you ever shoot with it at all? Or? I I think I might have run a roll through it, but I yeah. never properly like cut it. I just use it as an interesting sort of offbeat camera yeah. that took two pictures at once. So I kind yeah. of played with it, but I didn't, so, you know, in the same way you make diptychs with half frame cameras, I was doing yeah. that. Cool. So I've got a vote for Jeff's on this one. Um, I used uh, my, a friend of mine, Matthew uh, Matthew Joseph, who is, of course, um, part of the Sunny 16 crew. Um, he's a friend of Graham. And um, I, 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 cho- I used his X-Pan when he was in Brisbane. I almost dropped it. He put a he put the strap on the... Yeah. He, so he, what happened was he brought up... He came up to Brisbane and we met. And um, he said, oh, you can use my X-Pan. Oh, great. I said, I'll put a strap on it for you because I know you're nervous about using it. And so he put it around my neck. And I just started wearing glasses at the time. And I looked down. We were in this, this uh, art gallery. And I looked down. And I said to him, it looked like the camera wasn't on properly. And it was just it literally hanging around my neck. I said, Matthew, is this is that strap on properly? Because I'm looking down and my glasses are a little bit... Uh, and he went, oh, 
and he grabbed my, the camera and he hadn't put the strap on the X-Pan properly and it was probably only a matter of seconds or minutes before it was about to crash on the concrete floor of the museum. Uh, so I've only used the X-Pan once. Wow. I loved it. I, I would love to buy one, but there is too much too much money. Yeah, that's absurd. Um, gentlemen, who would you choose? We've got the got the Fujifilm TX2. We've got the got the stereo um, wet plate camera, and got the Soyuz ViewMaster camera. Yeah, I think I got to pick this Sands Hunter half plate just because I yep. own the other thing that you picked, Matt. Yep. So I, this, yep. and this is a beautiful object. Thing. That is yeah. really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's really I'm gonna fun. Try the, uh, I'm going to try this punching out the uh, the Viewmaster. <laughs> Excellent. You need, might need a I lot of patience. I feel like that's what you'll give me right, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, we're, we're down in the home straight now. Um, okay. So is it okay if we do this category? Should we have a little break after that? And then I've got a, if you've got time, I've got a few more questions after that. Is that all right, gentlemen? Sure, right. sure. Excellent. So category 10 is the wild card camera. So you can choose any mm. camera you like, any format, anything. Well, I, here's what I have. I have a camera that um, it's a version of a camera that I have, but it is one that I've I've tried to find, and and it's just crazy because you had to special order them. So this is an all black Zeiss Icon Contrax Bullseye. Ooh. They are stunningly beautiful in black. Just a beautiful, beautiful camera. But the, and there is one on eBay at the moment. It's only fourteen thousand dollars. Wow! Crazy. Wow! And they're extreme. Like mine, I'm just gonna, you know, use the the one that I have. That's uh, Chrome. Is is just shoot it until it doesn't shoot anymore because you really can't get them fixed. I mean, maybe there's someone somewhere that can fix them, but they were so complicated when they were built. And uh, you know, I'm very excited about. Uh, finding one and what's so special about them it's just it's it's totally the look i mean the camera itself is very heavy but it just looks so cool it just sort of has this beautiful design the lenses are amazing yep um and the kit that i bought years ago came with three lenses you know it was all the same he bought it new and um i just love shooting like when i shoot with it i go why don't i shoot with this more but yeah, that's that's one that I love, and, and the all black version is beautiful from the early '60s. And it's got here in the in the listing only ten cameras ever made. Is that right? Ooh, really? No, I think that they they made more. But I think you had to order them. So oh, okay, yep. I think some people. It depends. Yeah, very nice. I I did not even know this camera existed in black, and I am looking it up, and it is quite sexy. That is a good looking machine. Oh. So I get that. Wow. Damn, 14.5 on eBay. 14.5, damn. All right. Yeah, the one I've got here is uh, uh, in Austria, 10,000 euros. Gee whiz, that wow. is intense. Mm, yeah. I, God, that's a good pick. Um, You know, I came very close to picking the Polaroid 20 by 24 for this. It's so funny that you chose that, Matt, because mm. I saw that same Elsa Dorfman documentary and I yeah, found yeah, it yeah. quite bewitching. And I actually yeah. saw one of the 20 by 24s at the MIT Museum. Wow. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, they had one yep. on display. Yep. Um, but I chose a camera. This almost, I almost parachuted this into the rangefinder category, but the Ilford Witness. This is a really rare, extremely desirable uh, rangefinder camera made by Ilford that's sort of the form factor of a Leica 
uh, Leica 3, and they're just uncommonly beautiful, incredibly well-made, stunningly rare. There's not even one on eBay right now. You can't even oh, go wow. on eBay and do, like, look at sold listings because there aren't any. This yep. is a camera that you would typically see, like, in a museum. There were yep. very, right. very few made, and I've always been fascinated by it. I don't think I've ever seen one in person, but uh, that. It's just a 35-millimeter rangefinder. They're just uncommonly well-made and lovely. Yep. Very cool. Very nice. Um, I feel kind of boring with my wildcard camera because it's one that Jeff's already mentioned. It's the Fujifilm TX2. Um, I am a Fujifilm fanboy. I've got uh, uh, I've got a Natura f1.9. I've got a Fujifilm Class S. I've got all Fujifilm digital gear, and so I, I'm, I'm unusual in that I would actually take the Fujifilm branded um, X-Pan over the Hasselblad. So uh, mine is I'm a bit, I feel a bit boring, but mine mine is no, the TX2. Not boring. That's a good pick. I like nice. that. I think everybody wants one. It's so weird. Like that's that has become such a desirable camera, and I think it's because it can do something that a digital yeah. camera really cannot do. Yeah, uh, you can't really mimic the results of a panoramic camera with mm. any current digital sensor, and so I think that's one of the reasons people have gravitated toward. Plus, they're cool-looking machines. So yeah, I get yeah. it. Definitely. About 18 months ago in Brisbane, there was um, someone selling one for about a thousand US dollars with a couple of lenses and Ooh. this and that and the fil- center filter. And I was like, yeah. on there straight away. And um, I think we had to make a payment for my car or something. So we didn't, we, had, we just had to pay $10,000 final payment for my car. But I was like, this person replies, I'm, I've, I've got to go buy this. Um, and uh, my wife just kind of rolls her eyes. She's, she's used to my kind of, you know, camera buying. But in the end, I think what happened was the lady must have been deluged by people after this camera. And all of a sudden she realized, what the hell? Why are all these people after this camera? And she realized it was probably a third or a quarter of its right. actual value. And all of a sudden it got re-advertised at like five grand. <laughs> so wow. unfortunately oh that was one that got away. But um, uh, who knows? Maybe one day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to go. Did we do the votes on this one yet? I can't remember, gentlemen. We have. So, wait, what's in the mix? The Witness, the X, the TX2, and then Gabe picked. What was your wildcard game? Oh, the Black Contour X. The Black Contour X. Well, because I already voted for the TX2, I got to say the Black Contour X. I mean, that is (laughs) one sexy MF right there. Yeah, I'll go for that one as well. (laughs) Just use uh, Gabe. Uh, I'm going to go with the TX2. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to do a quick tally of the votes. I think I think Gabe is the winner here. I'm just going to do a I quick... I wouldn't be surprised. So I think... <laughs> now, hopefully I've written these down correctly. We should have... How many votes? We should have 30 votes, right? So Yes, that's right. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, hang on. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... Oh, hang on. It's a tie. It's a tie. It's I a think tie. it is a, a tie. tie. <laughs> um... That would be amazing. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's there is thirty votes. I've just double checked it and done all of the verification. We have no, you know, uh, no accounting firm doing our checking here for the votes. I, <laughs> I thought Gabe was the runaway winner, but Gabe and I have tied somehow miraculously. I love it. Oh my god! And, uh, there you Jeff, go. Jeff, I think uh, you know you've got eight votes here, but we did have I'm many the cameras the same. No, not at all. There's no, there's no losers in, in film no photography. Losers. There's no losers in this. I love it. No losers. So that's great. So that's brilliant. Uh, I really enjoyed that session with you guys. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe me do you too. think you guys will ever own any of the cameras we spoke about today? Is there any that you're going to purchase soon or are you thinking about? Or well, these are just fantasy. I am hovering over the 
the X-Pan or TX2 or whatever, and the, and the Alpa 10S. These are both things that I've obsessively bookmarked and that I monitor on eBay. And one of these days, I think I might pull the trigger. I also think that when camera shows open up again, I have oh, seen Jeff. baby rollies at the camera so, shows <laughs> yes, all the time. Always. And mm. I always want to buy one. And I feel like this time, if I saw a good one, no I would, one wants I would just them. do it. No one wants <laughs> yeah. them. And I think yeah. I would do no it. No one wants them. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. Yeah, we're Absolutely. really we, we have one of the best camera shows in the U.S. in Pasadena here. What and, month is that? Uh, it's uh, what's that? What month is it? You typically is it like a regular thing it, or once a it's year? Usually or? Yeah, once it's usually once a month. month. It used to oh, be yeah. when it's once open. A month. Yeah, wow. and it has not been. It is they they shut it down last July, and yeah. I would go almost every month to this thing. It was just fun, even if you were just looking. It's like yeah. five bucks yep. to get in and you'd yeah. see all the weird cameras. And every once in a while you'd find some wonderful thing. I'd say yeah. I, I bought a dozen cameras at that show over the years. And you'd always see baby rollies there, you know? And a lot yeah. of my super weird things come from there. My half frame Konica FT1 Pro Half, yeah, that's yeah. from there. And yeah. what else? <laughs> like a couple of sincerely weird things have come from that show. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I wanted to come over to California about a year ago, uh, probably like February, March. I think the film photography Paideia thing was was scheduled to be on. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to do a road trip out to, you know, in the the desert and see all the cool old petrol uh, gas stations, as you guys call them. I wanted to do all that kind of California and the desert kind of experience. And of course, uh, you know, COVID and whatever else happened. So, uh, but that that is on my list to do it. But I'm definitely going to look up that um, camera affair in Pasadena and and make that a a stop on my list as well. So with the dreaming of cameras segment over, I start asking Gabe and Jeff some random questions like, have they ever been to Australia? What are their favorite films? Do they collect any other kind of vintage items other than cameras? But we're going to pick the podcast up with a conversation uh, I came back to. I just stepped away to get a drink and I came back and they asked me this question about Panex. Matt, have you ever shot with Panatomic X, the Kodak no. stock? Panat- no, I haven't. Oh, I, I know is. a lot of people want it to come back. Uh, yeah, I, I just was telling Gabe, you know, I have this Roloflex SL350 uh, yeah. that I'm just completely enraptured with. And I developed a role yesterday of expired 1991 Panatomic X. Wow. And I souped it in this monobath, this DF96 monobath. It was so it was like three minutes to process it. It's so gorgeous and yeah. almost grainless. It's yeah, wow. so smooth. It's yeah. uh, ISO 32. And I just, that combo, I am just loving. So, Well, I, I did a question a while ago on my Instagram, I think, for, for the show, for the podcast. And I said, which, because right. apparently Kodak said they were going to introduce one new product this year and reintroduce another old one. Yeah. And I said to people, what would you like to see come back? And Panatomic X was near that. top. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, you and several other people did. said that. Yeah. I think Alex Lux, maybe, from Classic Camera Revival in Canada. Right. I think he said that. Uh, it seems to be a very popular um, emulsion, yeah. Here's a funny thing I learned today, because I was doing some research about it. Apparently, you know, uh, Polaroid Type 55, right? Yep. The, okay. Yep. Polaroid Type 55 film is Panatomic X. Oh, wow. The wow. film stock is Panatomic X, and then they added the developer pod to it because to turn it into a Polaroid Kodak, film. Kodak used to manufacture a lot of they, Polaroid film. Exactly. They yeah. supplied the film stock to Polaroid before yeah. Polaroid started making their own. Make their own, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Wow. Before they ha- had a nasty um, set yes. settlement in the, the court in America. One billion, billion dollars. dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. 
so uh, I've, I've got a few more questions for you guys. Um, uh, okay, so here we go. I'm going to ask a few more structured questions here. I've got here my, okay. my little list here. Have either of okay. you ever been to Australia? I have been to New Zealand. I know that's not the same yeah. thing, and that Australians <laughs> get upset when you say that. It's ah, as if really. saying, have you ever been to the U.S.? And it's like, yes, I've been to Canada. I think New um, Zealanders right. get more offended at being called Australian than Australians get more offended at being New Zealand. It's, it's kind of like because we're bigger than them, like, that. oh, when I'm not Australian, I'm a New Zealander. So they, I think right. they get a little bit more offended, but I'm not, I don't get offended. I get called, because of my weird accent, I get called English, everything. I have a very close friend who's Australian. Yeah. And uh, he actually is a concert promoter. Oh, wow. Um, who lives in, I think he's in, I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's in Melbourne right yeah. now. And when things start to open up, he keeps saying, like, when things start to open up, and they're really not going to, I think, in the next couple of months, but I would love to go yeah. over there. I've always wanted to visit. Also, my ex-wife said the best Italian food she ever had in her life was in Sydney. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is a, lot of, a lot of Italians yeah. move, and a lot of Italians and Greeks move to Australia after World War Two. Um, so you know uh, Heston Blumenthal, who's a, who's a Michelin-starred chef in the UK, yeah. he said the best coffee anywhere in the world is Australia because of oh, those wow. Italians and Greeks. And our coffee is pretty good here. Um, so we do have uh, we do have that going for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've never been, but you're, it's on your wish list. That sounds good. It's on the list. Yeah, like for the next year yeah. or so, definitely. I had the opportunity and I was unable to go because we've had, you know, over the years with shows and casts going promotion. So with this last show, The Night Shift, which was NBC and Sony, it it did very well there. So they sent the cast over and I was supposed to go, but we had to shoot some makeup days on our show. Oh, no. So I could not go. So they went for two weeks and it was like the greatest trip ever. Yeah. They loved it. Yeah. Because it's, it's down the road from where I live, the Gold Coast, which is about an hour from here, they are doing, they do seem to be shooting more and more uh, Hollywood films yeah. in particular and some TV series, yeah. but I think mainly films. Um, so that, that's, uh, is, is that kind of just local hype that they're doing more stuff here or do you actually hear that over there in California that they're making more stuff out here? I hear that. It's, Me too. It's specific to whatever, but also they feel that Australia is way more open right now than everywhere else yeah. and I think a lot of the studios are waiting for things to open they're shooting but it's a very different atmosphere it's not yeah. open it's very strict COVID protocol now on set yeah. so uh, it's it's definitely a different atmosphere but people are shooting all over I know Judd Apatow just shot his film I believe over there so mm, interesting which is about COVID which is funny but yes mm. yeah yeah Okay, um, so what other... Now, I've got a question for you here, and I kind of actually found out this a uh, little bit about one of you through this question when I was sort of Googling you both. Um, but what other vintage items are you into? Obviously, we all love film cameras. It's what the reason we're all here today. But what other vintage items do you like? I love vi vi vintage arcade games. I haven't got any, but I love Space Invaders and Pac-Man. Um, I love Viewmasters. I've already said that in the show. I also have recently bought a typewriter. So I'm oh interested... Boy. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to hear from you guys what you like. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> Typewriters, pens, watches. But, I mean, those are just things I liked. I think that typewriters I started collecting and then realized, these things are kind of big. <laughs> these are big. These things are a little too big. Um, and so what happens, uh, Matt, when you're shooting in a place like Albuquerque where everything is so cheap, in the antiques world. So it's uh, everything, just everything, furniture on and on. But typewriters especially, no one wants them. 
Yeah. So you walk in there and you go, oh my gosh, there's that typewriter that's $400 in Los Angeles and it's $9 here. Wow. So the problem is I would keep buying them. And, uh, you know, we're very lucky that the prop truck will take all my stuff back there. Wow. So I was like, oh my goodness, what else could I get here <laughs> that I could normally ship? And so the first year I came back with 19 typewriters. Wow. And um, I soon had to whittle those down. And I think the total amount I paid was $150 for all of them. Oh, man. Like, that's, that's how crazy it was. So then I started giving them away. Um, I sold a couple to this artist who was doing this crazy project. And, um, but those are the ones that I really added. And then I kept a few. Um, so I have a probably around 12 here. Yeah. And then maybe in Albuquerque, I still have a few more. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got one, and it's I keep looking at the Hermes. Is it Hermes? Um, the Hermes, Hermes uh, yeah. script one. I the uh, cursive one. It's got the green. It's a seafoam green. I yeah. think it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this beautiful. I keep looking at them. I saw one locally, but it was too much money. I'll show you the one I've got. Now this isn't a particularly sexy or a particularly uh, exotic one. It's just one I picked up locally, but it's nice red and black. Pretty. It's, oh, I it's love a Sears that. one. Beautiful. And it's a yep. bit like Viewmaster. I thought, I'm going to buy more of these typewriters. I'm going to buy more and more and more. But then they cost a lot of money. Here in Australia, they're yeah. a bit more expensive. Where the hell do you put them all? So for now, I'm just going to play around with this one. Um, so um, They're great. But it's funny. What, what is it about vintage items? I mean, what about you, Jeff, first? Have you got, do you have any... Uh, um, does well, I mean, I, I guess we're not counting books and vinyl records. I do have yeah, a lot yeah. of books. I have an, I have an alarming right, number records. of books. Yeah. I do have an alarming number of books, and I'm starting to buy vinyl records again very slowly. I don't have a lot. I have a few hundred. I don't have thousands like some friends of mine. I'm obsessive about certain vintage items that I kind of fetishize. I don't collect tons of them. Like, I have a 1947 Rolex bubble back wristwatch. Wow. And Beautiful. I love bubble back watches. I got one for my son as a graduation gift. Um, I think they're just the most beautiful watch ever made. And so I, I care very intensely about this little slice of wristwatch history. Yeah. Similarly, I have a 1966 Volvo Amazon, which is known as the 122 in the United States, which I bought with the first dime I made as a writer. Yeah. And I do love... Uh, vintage cars uh, from circa like 1959 to circa 1971 or so. Yeah. Um, but I'm really like hyper about that Volvo. Like yeah. I have. I have so what's it called? I'm going to look it up now. What's it called? It's the Volvo Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just I'm I'm crazy about this car. And yeah, it's I, nice. I it's beautiful. Lovingly restored the one that I have, and. You know, it's not that I don't care about MGBs or Datsun Fair Ladies or, you know, um, MGB. Did I say MGBs already? Um, Alfa Romeos and stuff. I, I love all of the cars of that era, but this particular Volvo, I'm, I'm like crazy about. So, I, I don't like other than like books and records. I don't collect a lot of things, but mm. I do care a lot about vintage analog gear, and I like um, to learn why about is the that? things is it, that I. Is it nostalgia? I mean, to me, like Space Invaders was part of when I was growing up, and I t remember. T Going on typewriters, and I remember Viewmasters from. So to me, I don't know. I'm getting older now. Uh, to me, it's kind of like a nostalgia of these simple things. But what is it? Just the what is it? Is it nostalgia? Is it the design? What is it for you guys? I think it's all. I think it's definitely the nostalgia for me. I mean, I I love beautiful things. I love those. You know, the designs. But you know, I just love a typewriter. I love the sound of it. I love even electric typewriters. Yeah. I, I just. I yeah. really. 
you know, it's just where to put them. They're all hidden all over my <laughs> office right now. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I think it, it starts with design. I mean, we've talked on the show about, in the case of cameras, a lot of the relentless acquisition of cameras that I did starting in around 2000 was because I would they were really cheap and I could buy up all the cameras that I had coveted when I was like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. But in the case of like this vintage watch or this vintage car, it is about design. Yep. I just love design like 20th century design to me is fascinating and yep. so yeah so it's just certain objects that I that I've just fallen in love with you know I think there's been a resurgence of interest in mid-century modern I've always liked the work of Charles and Ray Eames I have an Eames chair that I think is super super amazing and I love their stuff I like Polish film posters yeah you know but that and that emerges out of just an interest in design and aesthetics yeah Pol- Polish yep. film posters oh yeah yeah. Oh, it's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah. Because <laughs> they they don't use Hollywood's designs. Right. They, okay, they do their own? use their own Polish film posters, particularly of the middle and late 20th century. Look up their poster for like, even something like Raging Bull. Yeah. It looks completely different. And it's yeah. hand-painted, and it looks entirely different than the poster anywhere else mm. in the world. Yeah. This is also true of some... From film posters from African countries yeah. um, and from Eastern European countries, you can often find just, they just look completely different. And I think yeah. that's interesting. One of my favorite film series is the Three Colors films. Oh, sure. Um, Kislowski, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good films. You know, they're, they're really um, um, yeah, I should watch them again. I think I've got them on DVD, some ancient DVD somewhere. But um, yeah, what, what, what are your favorite films? Oh. Gabe, what is your favorite film? You've on. heard me talk about mine. Uh, yours? This will go on. It'll go. I'll, I'll go everywhere from The Godfather to Cinema Paradiso to Obscurity. You know, I I just I love movies. I love old movies. I love classics. Yeah. I mean, that is sort of my like. Whenever there's one on, I will just sit and you know, like a kid, you put me in front of the TV. Yeah. And I will watch it from wherever it is. I love uh, the films of Michelangelo Antonioni, and I did a whole episode of On Film with Claire Marie Bailey for Sunny 16 talking about Blow Up. I haven't listened to that yet, but I actually saw it in my podcast. It's it's a a film I love, but my favorite Antonioni film is one that nobody else likes, which is called uh, Eclipse. And it is the film that changed my life. Like I was an engineering major in college and then I saw the film Eclipse and it made me want to be a filmmaker. Um, So that always, I always stick that at the top of the list because it is a film that just has an enormous emotional importance to me in terms of the, the entirely different direction that my life took after I saw it. But I really love Preston Sturgis, The Palm Beach Story. I love All the President's Men. I think The Bad News Bears is one of the best English language films ever made. Um, And La Dolce Vita. And Breathless. And um, uh, what's the... Oh, Kings of the Road, the Vim Vendors film. I absolutely adore. It's so beautiful. And um, Tashigahara's Woman in the Dunes. I just became really infatuated with world cinema while I was in college and tried to see everything I could. At the time, it was very hard to see some of those films. And I I find uh, like when I watched Three Colors, the Three Colors series for the first time, or when I watched any French films, 
they they do films in a different way to say yes. the Americans or Australians. Oh, definitely. There's not always a happy end. Not not the saying there's always a happy ending in American movies, but a lot of the big blockbusters there are. And so to watch some of these other you know f- films and you know like you know uh, one of the famous scenes in well, I don't know if it's famous, but one of the well known scenes in Three Colors is where there's there's just this eight or nine second image of a of coffee dripping into a sugar yes. cube, you know. And there's just these lingering things the characters say, which don't you know like I think in, in Three Colors Red she says oh it's the leaves are falling it's springtime it doesn't you know it's just these these lingering sort of scenes you have that you might not see in other from other countries around and the world and they take their time yeah that's, that's, that's exactly that, it you know that's, that's exactly something it. that you know European films or films international films they take their time to tell stories and they let things play out which is something that's changed so much over the years here. Yeah. And it's always get to it, get to it, get to it. And there's sometimes it's that's what makes those films beautiful is they took their time. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, they want you to draw you into all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, Australian cinema of the seventies and eighties had a big impact on me. Picnic at Hanging Rock just oh, blew yeah, my yeah, mind yeah. when I yeah. saw that film. And of course George Miller made the greatest film of the uh, twenty twenty of the twenty tens with uh, Mad Max Fury Road. The absolute, like one of the best films of all time, in my opinion. I don't think, <laughs> I think, I don't think I've amazing. seen Fury Road. I must admit, I, I've what? seen the original. I've seen the original Mad Maxes. Oh, they scared no, the crap better. out of me. Okay, yeah, it's okay. better. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is amazing, and you know he did a version of it in black and white. He wow. remastered in black and white, so you can watch the color, and then yeah. you can watch the Mad Max Fury Road black and chrome edition. Yeah, and see it in sizzling black and white, like yeah. super. Okay. Like, Exquisite black and white. I've just realized the oh, reason yeah. I haven't listened to your episode about Blow Up is because I can't find anywhere, any streaming service in Australia where I can get Blow Up. That's the reason, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep hunting. i buy it. It's, okay, I, mean, sure. I have 15 different versions of the DVD, um, oh, yeah. but I think I think it's on the Criterion channel, so if you can okay. find somewhere that streams Similar. that, yeah. then yeah. you can see it. If, as now, a photographer, if, Matt, you'll love it. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is yeah. the best photography film ever made, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Excellent. The detail in that movie yeah. is what makes it really yeah. special. I mean, it's really amazing. Now, sp- speaking about movies without happy endings, um, when um, that sounds a bit weird, actually, but without yeah. you know what I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Um, when I was yes. when I was a kid, my dad, my, we were very middle class, and my dad bought us a little Vic Twenty computer, and he he bought it, he bought himself a, a VCR, so he could, he loved movies, so he bought a VCR, and he used to put really inappropriate movies on during the day, not not that. Not that <laughs> kind of inappropriate but I remember once right. on a Saturday I was eating lunch I was eating a hot dog with sauce my mum I, I catch up my mum had made me and I, he was watching this movie I thought what the hell is this movie it was the American Werewolf in London and of course just oh, when I'm eating this hot dog yeah. the werewolf strikes uh, and I was like I was kind of traumatised there, no, there was no parental warning from my father about what was about to occur um, another movie that he's put on which again kind of tr- traumatised and shocked me because as a young person I thought all movies had happy endings um, but this one was, was, a, was a war movie called with a very young Mel Gibson called Gallipoli. Have either Amazing of you seen that movie? Yeah. Peter Weir. Yes, yeah. yes. And Tremendous film. The final scenes of that movie, the final scene of that movie, um, I won't spoil it for people who haven't watched it, but I was, yeah, as a young lad, I was, I was yeah. quite in shock. Like, what the hell? Like, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, so that, to me, was a really amazing film and, and one that really changed my perception on what films could be because it wasn't happy at all at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, that's actually why I've got today off, by the way. It's, uh, it's Anzac Day, which is our national uh, day of remembrance. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Now, I do have 
a little quiz for you both about now obviously you've got both got very good knowledge about um, movies but what about TV of the 60s 70s and 80s what's what's Uh-oh. your what's your TV knowledge like All right. We'll try. This might be uh, Jeff Greenstein, but yeah, we can try. (laughs) Well, well, um, these are basically all questions on shows that I grew up with. I've got 15 questions. These these are all shows um, that I have watched, um, except for one. There's one show in here I have never watched, and I've actually found out that I can watch it on streaming. So I'm I'm, I'm teeing that up with the missus. We're going to watch it. And I actually wondered why I'd never... I never, To be honest, I, I feel embarrassed to say this. I've never even heard of this show, and I know why now. It's, it's a show called Freaks and Geeks. I've never heard of it. And the reason I've never heard of it... Is from the year 1996 until 2008, I lived in England. And when I first moved to England, I, one thing I noticed was there was not as much American TV in the UK. Mm. There's a lot. Right. Most of the shows are British. Um, I loved Seinfeld in the 90s. I kept saying, oh, where's Seinfeld? Where's Seinfeld? Oh, what? Who? What? What the hell Seinfeld? It was massive in Australia. It was the biggest show and no one had ever heard of it in England. Uh, they said, oh, but you know, we've got this lovely American show on every night, uh, every Friday night called Frasier. I'm sure you will love Frasier. And you know, Frasier's okay, but it, it ain't no Seinfeld. But that's what I found. I found that there's a lot of American shows just weren't shown in the UK. Right, and yeah. so I'd never heard of. To be honest, I'd never heard of Freaks and Geeks until I heard you, your guys' podcast. But I can watch it for free on one of my streaming services. So we're oh, we're watching it. Okay, good. So we're, I'm, I'm, it's I'm quite excited. Good. I'm excited. It's quite good, it'll, it'll, it'll blow your mind, Matt. How many yeah. extraordinarily talented young actors are in this? We were just talking I, I have to your daughter googled about it. this. No, I've already. Uh, oh, really? I've, yeah. I've already. Um, I googled it up, and I yeah, Seth. Um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. James Franco. Busy Phillips. Yeah. So many. Yeah. So let's go. We're going to do this quiz now. How do you, how do you want to? Um, I'm going to ask you some questions. How how are you going to like? We haven't got any buzzers here, so uh, you know we haven't got any cameras we can use to, to make a shout. Or you just want to put your hand up, or how how do you want to to do this? Sure, we can put our hands. Put your hands up. I'm going to hold school. up. I'm going to hold up Santa Chiara, who is the patron saint of television. Okay. I'm really? not even wow. joking. Saint wow. Claire, Santa Chiara. Saint I got Claire. this in a CC. She's yeah. the patron saint of television. So if I know the answer, yeah. I'm going to bring up that's Saint perfect. Claire. Excellent. You can yeah. You can, I might say you excellent. can rub her for good luck, but that's sounds a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, I'll hold my apple. Okay, here we go. Okay, excellent. <laughs> okay. So these, these are all shows that uh, in the 80s in Australia, we had four TV channels. We had a lot of local content, but we had a lot of American shows. And so all of these are typically shows um, that I used to watch after school. Um, actually, I just realized I didn't, one, one of my favorite shows I didn't um, put in there. Um, uh, okay, here we go. So question number one. Name the daughter in the Jetsons. The cartoon show. I only show. know the son. I only know the son. I, I know why you know the son because it rhymes, it's in right? The theme song. Yeah, it's in the theme song. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I know, I know. Jeff, Judy. Correct. Yeah. So I think nice. I think Mr. Well Jetson was George, and then his wife was Jane. Uh, his boy and Elroy, which Elroy. rhymed, which was I think yeah. they only named him Elroy because Judy. that's Dilly, it. Dilly, that's Dilly. Okay, that's one for Jeff. Awesome. Okay, the second one. What did Fonzie famously do on water skis? Gabe. He jumped the shark. Correct. He jumped the he shark, which of course has given its uh, a rise to its own sort of um, phrase, jumping the shark. So I'll right, that which one I for- made Will and Grace do. I made Will and Grace jump the shark by getting <laughs> Grace married. So there you go. <laughs> Did they ever yeah. forgive you? No, no. The fans never forgave me, but it's fine. I did oh, the right thing. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> Name the boat that ran aground on an enchanted desert island with seven passengers. 
Jeff. The minnow. Correct. The correct. Nice. Of course, that was from Gilligan's Island, which was yes. a staple of after-school television um, in the 1980s for me. Now, this is a this one. You've got to complete the TV theme song. Okay. So I'm going to read. I'm not going to sing it because the world okay. does not need my singing voice. But I'm going to I'm going to recite. Uh, how many lines are there? One, two. I'm going to recite three lines. And if you think you can more or less get the fourth line, you got to put your statues up or your apple or whatever. Okay. Well, then, well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kinfolk said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. Jeff. So they loaded oh. up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, Perfect. that is. Yes, that's Swimming it. Swimming pools, movie stars. <laughs> yes, very, very good. I feel, I feel like Gabe's at disadvantage in this quiz. I feel like I should have put more no, movie no, questions no. in. No, no, it's good. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Jeff, look now this yes. this next one is one my of the questions. My brain has been rotted by television. I'm That's what uh, mine too. I'm so excited. Mine too. This next question is one of the ones I haven't formulated very well, but I, I I sort of thought I'd written a proper question and I haven't. But so you'll have to bear with me here. But it's an episode of Seinfeld in which Elaine famously hates a film that her blind date takes her to, and then even oh, her yeah, boss yeah. Jeff. It's the English Patient. It is the English Patient. And what what yeah. are your thoughts on the English Patient, both of you? I've never seen it. What? Yes, you <laughs> You've never seen it, really? Gabe, no, Gabe, have you seen it? I've seen English it like a hundred years ago. Like, yeah. I couldn't even tell you. Oh, like, it's, it it is one of my terrible. favorite films. I, and I, oh, I took, okay. I took my, my ex there, and she hated it. And that should have... And we actually got divorced <laughs> a few years later. So that, that should have been an inclination there. We didn't know like the English Patient. That was, even that was a sign. But I, I love the English Patient. I think it's a, it's a great movie. Uh, okay, so we're on to... So uh, I think we got Jeff got that one. And, uh, okay, this is a question. Six again. I feel. I feel like this is loaded towards Jeff. But in Desperate Housewives, <laughs> now I've, I've relied oh, on. Oh my fair. god, this is not fair. In Desperate Housewives, now this is that from the internet movie database or whatever. So if okay. this isn't correct, you can blame the I internet. I might be wrong. I could. But I might Des- not know. In Desperate Housewives, apparently one of the cast broke two ribs filming a scene where she stumbles into a wedding cake. But she insisted they did not stop production. Do you know who it was? Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, I can guess. I, I would say Terry Hatcher. Boom, Gabe won it. Gabe got it. Oh, good job. <laughs> that is not what I was going to guess. So very good. I was going to say Eva Longoria. Uh, well, mine was for obvious reasons. Really yeah. good guess. Really good guess. Very good, very good. Yes, it was indeed Terry Hatcher. I love that you scored off of the show I worked on for six years. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, this one, I had to rely on the good old internet because I didn't know, but I had to put a question in about this show. So who was according to the internet, who was the only cast member to be the same age as their character in Freaks and Geeks? Uh, John Daly. Correct, correct. Good job. Yeah, wow. Did you know, so you, that was one line at the time. And- yeah, so John, John, who is an amazing director now, he's hmm. Spider-Man and doing huge hmm. movies. Um, John was the only one that was actually... Uh, 13, 14. I mean, it was 13 when he started. And uh, Linda Cardellini was 25. Everyone was, um, you know, different ages in their, in their you know, 20s. Or Busy was 19, I believe. And Yeah. But yeah, John was the only uh, true 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Playing his yeah. part, yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to watching it. Um, so question number seven here. Who is the... Oh, no, I've done that one. Question number eight. What is the connect... This is a hard one, by the way. I think this is a hard one. What is the connection between Friends and the soap opera All My Children? 
Oh, that. Hmm, let me think about this. The connection this between really all my children. Both shows have a lot of white people on them. Well, that's probably correct. That's probably correct. <laughs> um, was uh, Courtney oh, on All My Children? I know the answer. Uh, I'm not oh, sure sorry, if Courtney go. was or not, but that isn't the correct answer go, according go, to my go, trivia sorry, sorry, website. Sorry. Yes. The go. answer is that Jennifer's father, John Aniston, was on All My Children. That's my answer. That's the answer. Might have been. The, the answer, I'll, let, I'll put you out of your misery. The answer I've got here is that apparently all of the, the six main characters in Friends were named after people in All My Children. Not true. Uh, sorry? Not true. Not true. Not true, really? Yeah, yeah. I was there when they were named. Was it a, not a coincidence then? Because that is, that is a very... All the, oh, you're saying that the, the, there are characters on All My Children that share names they with friends. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. it wasn't deliberate. I can tell you, okay. that, that's an deliberate. amazing stat. Yeah. That's an amazing stat. I'd that's never heard huh? that before. I love it. I got well, I like up. it. You, the, th- the interesting thing is it reads on the internet I saw this on three or four different websites and it reads like they were named deliberately after those characters but wow. I, I, we're suggesting really from, from the in the in the no person we're suggesting that it was just a coincidence now here's an yeah. interesting fact because I did just Google John Aniston who was Jennifer's dad yeah he was on Days of Our Lives oh, not okay. my children yeah, yeah, yeah. so Days it was a near miss for yeah. Jeff a near miss <laughs> okay okay so we'll, we'll um, look th- in, in technically, I think Jeff won that question, but because it was you know it was no, his, his area no. specialty, yeah, I think no. we'll and maybe, maybe because I mashed I mashed the question up, we'll throw that one out. Throw it out. Okay. <laughs> so the Brady Bunch. This is the Brady Bunch was an after school special. We used to love watching the Brady Bunch in the eighties, right? Yeah. And they had two three part episodes. So there were there were there were episodes where they were divvied up into th- not two parts, three parts when they right. went on vacation. Where did they go on vacation? Two two different places. Oh man. Well I know one. Wait, wait, I think I know it. Yep. Grand, go, go, go. One, yeah, okay. one is go. one is, oh am I up or is did Gabe? Well bring in Gabe first? sort of said the correct half an answer there. <laughs> it's like going like you, this. you say one Gabe and then Jeff can say the other. Grand Canyon? Correct. Jeff? Uh, I was gonna say that I believe it's King's Island was the theme park, which was a three-parter, and then there was Ooh. Hawaii, which was the other three-parter. Hawaii, yeah, definitely Hawaii. What's what's the other? Hawaii. What's the theme park one? King's Island was the one. I think this was a three-parter. The pivotal thing was that the plans for Mike's design got left on the <laughs> roller coaster. Of course. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember that one. But but I think Gabe may be right because Grand Canyon has the one where they're locked definitely, in a jail. Yeah, definitely. The Grand right. Canyon and Hawaii were definitely ones. So the Grand Canyon, they get so, locked yeah, in a jail yeah. by this old so guy who thinks decision. they're stealing that would their... Be a split, yeah. yeah, I don't think yeah. Grand split. Canyon is the one with the uh, roller coaster. No. no. And no. then the Hawaiian one is obviously where they find the, the tiki, I think it's called. Yes, that's right. And there's the yep. tarantula in Jan's bag and all yep. that stuff. crazy stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. So And, and um, uh, what's, what's the oldest kid's name again? The... Boy, not Bobby, not um, Greg. Greg, Greg, yeah. Greg, Greg goes surfing, and he's you know he's with yes. the Islanders, and he's checking out the girls on the yeah, anyway. So yeah, so but, you know, classic episodes there. So I'll give well, you. Well, I will. I uh, I have a side story that just just reminded that happened right before COVID. Yeah. So um, I was at this charity event, and I know this. I happen to know this um, musician, and he's fantastic and very nice guy. And we're having this talk because we never get to see each other. We see each other maybe twice a year. Yeah. And so we're we're at this thing and we've seen each other twice in the same week. So we're like, like, like on and on. And I'm it's a bowling event. So I'm with the the rock stars or whatever. 
And this woman comes up to me, she goes, Gabe, we know so-and-so together, on and on. Is there any way you can introduce me to Dave Grohl? Oh, yeah. And that's who was watching, who was who I was talking to. Yeah. And and I go on and on. I go, oh my gosh. She goes, I know your friend Fred, and she knew someone else I knew, and on and on. It was Cindy Brady, my friend. No way. Yes. No way. Yeah. That's it was great. so fun. And so yeah. I literally run up to Dave and I go, Cindy Brady wants to meet you. And he goes, and the Brady Bunch? Like he literally was as excited as I was. Yeah. Phenomenal. So of course I got those together. Yeah. It was very well, it's very funny. Fun. We we I had because we've, we've got this um, recording box the TV and I put the Brady Bunch on series record and every Saturday morning for a long time me and my wife my wife because she grew up in English is English she never watched she never even knew who the Brady Bunch right. were so and she would watch we would watch these episodes and I was like oh this one's where you know Marsha gets smacked in the face yeah. by the football or and um, yeah but, and there's, there's occasionally there are camera references throughout a lot of these shows which is which is kind of interesting as well no. And we're almost we're in the home stretch of this quiz. Um, so the next one is from this is kind of the mid '80s, you know, the greedy is good kind of era. Uh, name Michael J. Fox's character in Family Ties. Jeff, Alex P. Keaton. Correct. Yes. Correct. Um, which TV show, probably from the late '70s, I suggest this was a massive show in Australia. Which TV show featured the catchphrase "What are you talking about, Willis?" Jeff. Different strokes. This is a, becoming a bloodbath. <laughs> I love this it. Is, my brain is rotted from t- television. Yeah, it's just, awesome. Hey, I, I assemble most of these questions without even having to look them up. How do you think what my brain is? Talking about Willis. Um, yes. In Mash, yeah, well, that's a show that probably wouldn't be made Eric these days. I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, yeah, no. different strokes. No, you're right. Uh, most many of these shows wouldn't be made today. Um, in Mash, no. um, what was Margaret Houlihan's nickname, <laughs> Jeff? Hot lips. Correct. Hot lips. Hot lips. Hot lips. Hand, that's right. Uh, Mork and Mindy was a spin-off of which popular TV show? Jeff. Happy Days. Correct. Oh my gosh! Yep. In this back half, you know, it was getting close. Now here's there. a, here's a bonus close. trivia question. Yeah. Yep. What show was Happy Days a spin-off from? Oh, I've actually heard this, but I, I don't think I've ever watched the show. But I think I have heard this before. Gabe, do you know this? Yeah, and I can't. Like I've just blanked. I'll give you a hint. It was an anthology show. What's that mean? Yeah, um, What's an anthology meaning show? Meaning that, that it was a collection of episodic. It was, oh, not a, okay. it was not a continuing episodic series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, go on. Love American Style. Right. Love American. There was a segment of Love American Style called Love in the Happy Days, which yeah. featured some yeah. of the cast members who ended up yeah. in Happy Days. Because, of course, then from Happy Days, you had Mork and Mindy, you had uh, Laverne and Shirley. And I think there was, was Laverne and Shirley from... Yes. Happy Days? Yeah, yeah. And I think there was yeah. like one or two shows like Joni and Chachi and some other ones that weren't Joni as good. Joni and Chachi, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Joni and Chachi. Yeah, that's it. That was Jeff's favorite. <laughs> 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 okay, so we've got... Um, I think we've only got... Uh, I worked with Gary Marshall. I worked with the great Gary Marshall in the remake of The Odd Couple, see? which I directed. Oh, interesting. He was very <clears throat> kind to me. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was terrific. A true legend. So we've got two, we've got two questions left. I think the result is beyond uh, doubt here, but we've got two questions left. <laughs> Which famous novelist was also the writer and creator of I Dream of Jeannie? Come on, Jeff. Sydney Sheldon. Correct. Yep. <laughs> this is so, and, so and the bad. last one. This is the last one. This is probably my favourite TV show 
uh, of, oh, of my, my childhood. Um, uh, it was a spy spoof show featuring Don oh, Adams. Yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. Of course, it's Get Smart. Uh, I later found out that the beautiful, I think it was the beautiful blue car that uh, Don Adams drove in uh, Get Smart sun was a Sunbeam, yes. Yep. Which, of course, yep. is made in the city of Wolverhampton, England, where my wife is from. Uh, they, wow, cool. I love that car. It's a beautiful car. I actually saw one in, uh, in, the, in the museum there in, in Wolverhampton. Um, unfortunately, it's been many, many years since they made cars there, but uh, the beautiful car. So here's my Get Smart question. Who played the, the intelligent, charismatic, beautiful Agent 99? Jeff, Gabe, it Jeff, rhymes just with what? No, wait, go ahead, Gabe. No, go, 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 go. No, go. Barbara go, Feldman, yours. the beautiful yes. Barbara Feldman. That's beautiful. correct. Beautiful. And I remember, as a, as a as a as a young lad, I did have a bit of a oh, crush on cutest. Barbara Feldman. The cutest. If you would like to support this podcast, why not buy our dad a coffee? Visit coffee.com. That's ko f i.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras and buy him a coffee for just $3. For the final part of today's podcast, Jeff and Gabe get asked some questions by, not me, but by my daughter, Elodie. So Elodie is 13 years old next week and she's a budding singer, actress, dancer, performer. Uh, you might uh, remember that I, I take her up to uh, lessons every Friday night and it's a bit of a long journey. So I sort of hang around with a bag of cameras and I use it as a good excuse to go out and take photos and it forces me to, to take test rolls on cameras and things like that while I'm hanging around for her and so she was really keen to talk to the guys uh, she'd actually been to a sleepover and she was about to go out shopping um, so this actually happened right at the start of the podcast not at the end um, but I've sort of I've moved this part of the, the podcast right to the end of the episode and uh, I did I did brief her and said you know you have to call them Mr. Mr. Greenstein and Mr. Sachs but that quickly went out the window and I think she was a bit um, starstruck you know uh, by, by the guys because she knows that they're you know writers and, and LA and stuff and she got a little bit nervous I think and the last question I think she was trying to ask them what what's it like to be famous but uh, the structure of that question um, wasn't yeah I think she said something like what's it like to be known um, so uh, I think she was a bit like oh what did I say that for but I think the, the guys knew uh, what she was talking about and uh, they were lovely so uh, here's that part of the podcast now I just have my um I just have my daughter here. I think my daughter asked, wants to ask you gentlemen a question. I'm just going to see. She's, oh, sure. she's been at a sleepover. Absolutely. And she's just I got home. It. So I'll just check. Hang on. Absolutely. Fantastic. Happy to hear. I love it. We love it. Okay. Here she is. I'll just, um, I'll sit her down. Okay. Hello. How are That's you? Just, okay. This, oh, this is my daughter, Elodie. Elodie, here she is. Hello, Hi. Elodie. How are you? How are you? Oh my gosh. It's so oh. nice to meet you. This is such an honor. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Great. How are you? We're great. Good. Gosh, it's an honor to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I have two questions I'd like to ask you guys. Yes. Okay. Great. So the first one, in school for English, I have to write a script and I am stumped, like completely stumped. So I was wondering if you give me a couple of tips, maybe? Oh, great. Ah. Great. Well, let's start. Do you want to write a comedy or a drama? Uh, I think it's drama. Okay, and nice. what what are the shows that are your principal influences? Not that you're trying to copy them, but like the kind yeah. of show you want to write. Um, so we have to like base it on the movie Tomorrow When the War Began. It's also a book. Okay. Yeah, so it's a bit like 
kind of military kind of situations. <laughs> wow. Uh Okay, here's my piece of advice, okay? Yep. I would look for where your own personal story intersects with one of the characters in the piece. Is there something you can identify with? Is it frustration at not getting taken seriously? Is it Mm -hmm. wanting to make your mark? Is it um, wanting to break out of the person people think you are? Okay, so find an intersection between the journey that's described in this. Did you say it's a book or a movie? Uh, well, it's both, but both, like I okay. think, I think our thing's based off the book, though. Yeah, I would look for something because it, the more you can personalize this, and the more than you can mm-hmm. make it like about your journey, where you plug yeah. into the character, the more authentic it'll be, and the easier it'll be for you to find what the story you want to tell is. That's my piece of advice. Okay. And we go through that all the time. We're always trying to find personal stories and stuff that we write which is really really important and it connects you and you're more passionate about it and then the people buying it from you actually okay. go wow <laughs> they're okay, thank you. to it okay um and what would you recommend uh i so i'm an i'm an aspiring actress i want to be an actor when i grow up is there like any like uh advice you'd give me to try and you know get known okay gabe you first well, here's what I would do. First of all, as an actor, I would watch everything, all classic movies. I would yep. see all the great actors. I would do all that stuff as well. I would read as many plays. I would perform as much as you can when you're able to. Okay. So if there's a friend making a short film or anything like that, I get as much experience doing it as possible. Okay. Because that, uh, that is the way you'll just continue to to learn and uh, you'll just get used to it. So it'll never, you know, you'll never have any, anything to be afraid of. You'll just be confident and get up there and do your thing. Okay, That's thanks. fantastic advice from Gabe. And keep in mind, Gabe is someone who has worked with young actors that became global superstars. So he okay. knows of what he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. would also throw in, you have an advantage that we did not yeah. have when we were coming up in uh, film school and so forth. When we mm-hmm. wanted to make something, it was terrifically difficult and expensive to do so. But you yes. have at your fingertips high-def digital cameras. Digital movie cameras. We're talking (laughs) on one right now. So I would think about writing things for yourself to perform in and make things because you'll learn a lot about your instrument, you know, by challenging yourself with scenes. Work with friends who are writers or directors, or maybe you'll even discover you're a writer or director yourself. You have no idea. But try stuff and make stuff because that's the best education you can get. Okay. 100%. Thank you so much. Of course. of course, anytime. It's, uh, good luck. Good luck. Thank Anyone you. can do it. Look at us. We're idiots. <laughs> I appreciate this. If so we much. can make it, right. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sai, so much. Of course. of course. Wow. Is that all you wanted to ask us? Anything else? Um, how's it like being known? Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Are we known? We're kind of known, but um, you know what? It's it's like you're a lot of this. Look, we're very lucky. Number yeah. one, we know that there's a ton of people trying to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but you just want to continue to do good work. You just want to keep at it. Like we're never 
you know, Jeff's working on a few things. I'm working on a few things. It's like we're never like going, oh, we're fine. We're just going to sit back and hang out. (laughs) It's like we continually want to work no matter what. And that's what it's about. And and my feeling is, uh, look, if I was at the point where I had an apartment, I was making enough money to pay my rent and eat, I'd be ecstatic. Like that, when I started, I was like, this is what I'm here for. I mean, I am in in the single apartment and I'm able to eat and I'm writing and getting paid for it. It was the greatest thing ever. So, oh, look at the beautiful dog. I love it. Oh, my God. That's great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Of yeah, course. That's fantastic. I totally echo what Gabe said. Yeah, it's about it's about <laughs> the the primary advantage that our slight level of knownness gives us is the ability yeah. to keep making things. That's all okay. we want right. to do. Just keep making Just things. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'll take that in mind. <laughs> all right. Good luck. Let us know what happens with you. Okay. Yes, we'd like to know. All right. Thank you so much for this oh, time, oh, guys. Of course. Of course. Of course. Our pleasure. Thank you. Okay. But I give back to Dad. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that's great. Sorry, oh my one God. question you, you, turned into three. That's fine. That's fine. She, you've got a global superstar in the making there. She's yeah. phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's she's always been interested in singing and dancing and acting and stuff like that. So um, I told her I was on, uh, you know, I was having a, a podcast recording with you guys. And she goes, oh, can I ask my question? I went, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> that was all right. What grade is she in there? She's in grade eight. So she's 13 okay. in about a week. Uh, okay, so Jonah, my, uh, yeah. I have a 13-year-old oh, and wow. he makes, it's, t- it's too bad we aren't neighbors because yeah. he makes films all day oh, wow. make short films yeah. and little films is always getting his friends involved yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome i'll have to get into that as well because she's a good actress and um you have to get my son into it a bit as well so yeah that's amazing thank you for that guys that's appreciate great. that certainly of course. Hmm. i just want to thank you both for um coming on the show today it's uh, it's been a real it's been such a pleasure uh and i, so I, I, fun, I think it's probably best cut it off now i don't want to outwear my welcome uh, if i want to get you back in the future so Anytime. We love you so much. Your passion and enthusiasm for photography is infectious. Your show is incredibly well produced. Your intros and outros with your kids are incredibly endearing. We love (laughs) them. Theme song. You're just, you're fantastic. And it was an honor to be asked to appear because you're just, you're one of our favorites. Oh, thank you guys. That means a lot. It's funny. Sometimes like, um, you know, you go through a period where you might get five, six emails in a month and then you don't hear anything for two or three months. And um, it, it, it is strange. It's a strange thing doing a, a solo podcast because, uh, you know, I'm not saying that doing one with someone else is any easier, but it's it's it is certainly does feel like sometimes you know you're talking to yourself. You know, we literally are sure. talking to yourself sometimes. So it's really it's really great to hear that feedback, and I'm I'm, I'm really uh, quite humbled by your kind words. All right, all right, we'll right speak to you again soon. And listen, if you make that California trip, you got to look us up. Oh, okay, absolutely. Yeah, do. hopefully. But by the time we get to travel again, it'll probably be like two years. I reckon it'll be 18 months, two years, because we're not even allowed to leave Same. the country at the moment, unless yeah. you have a very good excuse or you're famous or you're a right. sports person. We can't even right. leave the country uh, because of the COVID situation. But yeah, I, California is. Uh, I've only ever been to New York. So um, California's oh, been on my it. list for a long time. So I'd love to go out shooting with you guys for, for an afternoon or something. So yeah. Definitely. We'll make a plan. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you Thanks so again. much. Great spending time with you. You too. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much to Jeff and Gabe from I Dream of Cameras for jumping the shark and appearing on Matt Loves Cameras. It was such a delight to speak to them both. And thanks so much to them for their time. And if you haven't listened to I Dream of Cameras yet, I'm sure many of you have, but if you haven't, head along to the Sunny 16 Presents feed and check out their show. It really is a delight to listen to. Now, one little apology for the last 20 minutes or so of the podcast, I think on my track, there was a loud humming noise. Uh, It was actually a public holiday here when I recorded it, and there were people outside mowing their lawns. How inconsiderate. (laughs) I should have a neon sign outside my house flashing, you know, podcast recording, keep quiet. So there's about two weeks left to get out there and shoot that purple. So go and shoot some Lomochrome purple and send your competition entries in because the competition is closing very soon. Don't forget to subscribe to Matt Loves Cameras. Leave a review. That would be wonderful. I'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. ruin that but it actually sounded pretty good well thank you visit coffee dot Yeah. <laughs>